This is Zach Howard, and you're listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Hey, Real Nerds listeners. Your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find The Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. Aw, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2016 and beyond. I am Ryan, and I'm with the whole nerd crew. So I'm with Brad. What up? And James. I was going to say something like Jigga Jammy James, but he won't let me. I'm so glad you didn't say Jigga Jammy James. I'm going to. That's your new nickname. Kellen, what are you up to, buddy? Kellen, say hi. Bye. Be a team player. Come on. Pitch in already. <laughs> nope. Just staring at it. Nope. Sorry. Can I put yeah, that mic in my mouth? smiling, though. Yeah. Yeah, you are. So, uh, oh. Kellen is sitting with James today, so Brad doesn't have to worry about being touched by a baby. Uh -huh. I'm so relieved. <laughs> I can see the stress literally pouring off your back. Uh, every week we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This year, we went and saw Terminator this year, yes. Yes, this week we went and saw... We saw it this year still. We also saw it this year, yeah. Uh, this week we went and saw Terminator Genesis. Starring Arnold Schwarzenegger as... The Terminator. Uh, the Guardian. The Guardian. That's how he's credited on it. Look MVP. at the credits, man. Yeah. Directed by weird. Alan Taylor, who directed... Thor, the Dark World. Which is dumb, because he also has a name. Like, that character has a name in the movie. So why he does. Was, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, at the end of the podcast, we will tell you if you should see the movie, and we'll spoil the movie for you as well. But I think the marketing department did that for us already. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk about what we've been watching. Um, box office numbers. Fucking Brad. <laughs> um, I rule. Movie news, and a whole bunch of other movie stuff. Yeah. I like to start every week by telling what telling our fans what they can see at the Littleton Alamo Draft House. What we set out to do in the very beginning was to make a movie theater by fans for fans. And uh, we got into the business because we loved movies and we were a little bit frustrated with our options as to what the movie theater experience was all about. Over the years, we've developed into something else. And I like to think of us as a spot that has uh, exceptional programming and things that you can experience in a movie theater that you really can't experience anywhere else. We've got a strict no-talking policy. We want to keep the movie-watching experience safe from people who aren't movie fans. The Alamo is not your average, everyday movie theater. It's everything that a movie lover loves. Oh, man. The biggest thing happening next week at Alamo Draft House is Punisher Warzone with Lexi Alexander. That is Tuesday, 
There's nothing else happening Tuesday at the Alamo Draft House. That's <laughs> correct. That's a Thursday. Is it a Thursday? Yep. It is Thursday. A Thursday at the Alamo Draft House. You know why I know that? Hmm. Because open screen night is the same night, you dick. Yeah. I thought it was Tuesday was your open screen night. No, we're Thursdays there. It used to be Tuesdays at the oh, Oriental. I, see. I was oh, trying to Tuesday looking for open screen night and been pissed. You'd have been embarrassed. Might have been pissed. to be like, where the fuck is Brad? Uh, but no, but the real big thing is Brad's open screen night is going to be there Thursday, July 9th, which is also Brad's 75th birthday. So, Aww. Um, everybody make sure you celebrate that with Brad. It's going to be such a good time. <laughs> so uh, hopefully while we're there, we get everybody to sing Brad Happy Birthday. Please what, don't. What, what time does it start, Brad? That's a copyrighted song. Sing the uh, Aqua Teen birthday it's, song. It's instead. not anymore. What? It's not the copyright for, uh, fell off. You can sing that song. Well, just to be safe, let's sing the Aqua Teen one instead. Okay, Schooler. that's fair. <laughs> we can what do that. Saying? What time does it start? Eight o'clock. Awesome. And how many submissions do you have? Are you have you reached your limit? Uh, we're at the limit. It's about fifteen. Um, and there's some other special thing which I cannot speak of. But uh, why can't you not speak of it? Because it's, it's a, a secret. surprise. It's a surprise. It yeah. better be good. I don't want it to be stupid. I have been asked to not disclose it, but it's important by who to the person who's doing it. How come oh, we... so it's not Alamo? Fuck this person. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it might be. Uh, so make sure you get your tickets. Only one dollar. One dollar. Make you holla. <laughs> so let please, me please go. <laughs> why, why so? Why so late? I mean, I, I'm a, I'm gonna be in bed by nine by eight o'clock. What are you, an old man? Yeah, <laughs> you're the one who's seventy five years old. <laughs> uh, don't ask me. Ask Steve. Like, well, that's no, fair. we all agreed it was a good time. No, it's good. no, it is. That's what that's what time. Yeah, best is the real right? big thing. But also July 9th, uh, Punisher Warzone with Lexi Alexander, the director of it, will be there as well. Um, Zangarang, The Last Dragon with Tamar, Tamak in person. I guess that's somebody in the movie. Tamak? <laughs> I think that's sure. somebody. Um, 3D Minions Junior Villain Con. Hey, that sounds like fun. That uh, sounds like my own personal hell. It would be. Maximum Bondage is Moonraker this yeah. week. Yeah. That sounds like not my own personal hell. And of course, the cool one is Cinema Cocktails is The Hustler. Oh! Starring Paul Newman. So cool. So I'm excited. That's a good movie. Sats was playing at Alamo, guys. Awesome. awesome. What's next? Whatever you want it to be, James. Uh, I'm I'm gonna watch your son crawl out the front door. He won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, if if he does, he'll learn the lesson. Um, let's do uh, let's do Blu-ray releases next. That sound good, Brad? Sounds good. Good. DVD releases and Blu-rays. What do we got, James? Well. Uh, we've got the third season of House of Cards coming out this week. So if you don't own a Netflix account because you're that person, um, you can watch that finally, I guess. Um, there's a movie called Woman in Woman in Gold that I've never heard of before. That's Helen um, Mirren. The yeah, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, is it? it have you heard something? Million dollars. No, did it? Yeah. Oh, good. Well. Uh, hopefully it's a good movie. Either way, um, Maggie is going to be the big release, which while Ryan is out of the room trying to catch his son, we can all agree is just a piece of shit garbage thing that no one should ever buy. Um, Contamination. Oh, Contamination. Uh, you have you've got Contamination pre-ordered. I I agree with you, Ryan, because it's a pretty awesome looking cover. Um, this is the one I'll describe for the, all the viewers this week. This one, it's basically like a, uh, it's a big, you know, the the eggs from Alien, right? It's one of those. It's huge. And it's got an eye that's looking at you, like just on the side of it for some reason. And then there's dudes running away from it because it's huge. And then the floor is like tile. That's what most dudes say about my wang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's got an eye. It looks one at you and it's huge. huge. 
my goodness. And they run away from it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, it looks like they're inside a Tron. So I think it's aliens in Tron chasing down astronauts. Did you skip um, over Robot Jocks? That's a Scream Factory release. No, I haven't gotten to Robot Jocks yet. <laughs> uh, but the Scream Factory was releasing Robo- Ro- Robot Jocks. Two men, two machines, two wild. My older brother loved that movie. Really? Yeah. It's one of those like Colt B stop motion animation robot movies. Oh yeah. I want to say ninety two. It's not. I don't even want to describe the cover because it's just like two robots. Like it's not. It's not as interesting as Contamination. Um, let's see. Steven Seagal's got. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're big mechs. Uh, Steven Seagal's got a new movie called Absolution, which I feel like he's already made like three or four movies called Absolution. So this one's not quite a surprise. Um, well, no, he made Absolute, and now he has Absolution. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, doesn't make any sense at all. I think that might be true, though. <laughs> I know you're making it up, but I think it might be true. Come um, on, James, find, find me something to spend my store credit on. Okay, so there's a movie called Slow West, which is a movie with Michael Fassbender and Cody Smith-McPhee, which I actually recently saw as like a runner-up on some lists. People are making like halfway through the year. Yeah, top, it's, it's a Western top movie that takes place in Colorado. Yeah, it um, is it shot in Colorado? No. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I read about it in Entertainment Weekly. Oh, cool. It I, I saw like a little clip of it, and it looked really awesome. Um, but if you really want to spend your, your credits, Brad, what you need to go buy is a Blu-ray copy of Joe Dirt. Because you First gotta, time on Blu-ray. you got to watch it in preparation for Joe Dirt 2. Are you guys yeah. aware that they are making yeah, Joe... Yeah, coming on Crackle. It looks like complete dog shit. And I have seen Joe Dirt probably two dozen times in my life. I don't like admitting that, because it's not a good movie. It's alright. I don't think it's a horrible movie. Uh, it's not horrible. I don't know what my obsession is with it, though. Like, I, I don't know either. When I was, like, 14 or so, like I, I just watched it. It was on TV a lot, and I watched it a lot. And I'm not sure... Why I was drawn I think it's to one of those it. movies that's like always on USA. Oh, t- oh, totally. Yeah, it was like you would just turn on the TV and there's Joe Dirt making uh, dumb jokes about his like Joe mullet. Dirt-ay. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the next line? Don't try to sweeten up your name, you idiot. Hey, do you happen to know if this is the first time that the Cell has been on Blu-ray? It is. Interesting. I've never seen the Cell. Should I see the Cell? No. Okay. <laughs> it All looks right. pretty. I mean, it shot well. Yeah, but then you, but you also put up with Jennifer Lopez for two hours, and ain't nobody got to take that route with me. Um, there's a that's one of my favorite jokes ever in Hot Shots. So, uh, Washout has walleye vision, and so he can't see, and he's supposed to be directing, you know, pilots in the air. And they said, "Yeah, Topper, they can fix it. They got to go through anally. Okay. Ain't no man got to take that route with me." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, Hot Shots is a great movie. Um, there's a movie with Simon Pegg called Kill Me Three Times, which yep. it, I have a feeling, based on the cover, he's probably in three minutes of the film, but he's the main person exactly on the That's exactly what film. I heard. Yep. Because yep. it was it was playing at... Uh, Shea Artiste. Yeah, it was Shea Artiste, and okay. I was going to go see it, but then I heard he was not in it very much. Yeah. And then I was like, fuck this shit. There is a H.P. Lovecraft film called The Color of Out... Yeah, the Color Out of Space. Um, so you might want to check that out. Uh, and a Criterion version of The Killers. Uh, Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. So, uh, I think that's, I think that's everything of note. Uh, unless you're interested in Alien Outpost, Mankind's Last Stand. Yes. No. How do you know I'm not? Um, how about Virtuosity, a movie with Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe? Yeah, that's oh, like Russell Crowe's goodness. first, it's like a Matrix ripoff. And Russell Crowe's the bad guy. Or is it Denzel Washington's the bad guy? It's Russell Crowe. I haven't this, seen it in years. I've never seen it. I almost bought it this week because I was just curious. <laughs> but 
this like, the, no. this might need to happen. The the tagline is Justice needs a new program. Ah, uh, it's ten dollars. No, 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 don't don't Do click, don't click on it yet. No. Guess how, dude? I got Vanilla Sky. It was only eight dollars this week. I will. I'll put it on my wish list, and when it gets down to like, you know, six, then I'll buy it. There we go. Yeah, that'll that'll like buddy. that'll sedate me for now. Kellen figure out how to clap this last week, so he gets really excited when he claps. Yeah. Does he then clap more because he clapped? Yeah. Like a, when you, that's when you say "Good job, buddy!" Yay, and he starts clapping. It's like a cycle. It's a never-ending cycle of clapping. It's cute. Is that All it? right. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, Did I mean, you know there's a new Chipmunk movie coming out this year? Yeah, like, I didn't. Wait, like Alvin and the Chipmunks? Yeah, it's called uh, the fourth one, right? Uh, yeah, it's called like Chip Away or something, or like they're going on a road road chip. It's called Road, road chip. chip. No, it's yeah. not. Yes, it is. It's called no, road chip. no, I'm it's not no, joking. no. I saw the. Shut up. I saw it today. I mean, not today. When I saw Terminator, I saw a uh, standee for it. No, you didn't. No, did. no, you were on drugs. I was not. No, you were on drugs. I can verify. I, I know this. I did not see the standee, but. I know this is coming out. I believe you, Ryan. Thank you. That's all I want in my life is someone to believe me that Road Chip is coming out. Jason Lee in it? I think David Cross is back. Is he? Yeah. After he badmouthed it so bad? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> he's contractually obligated to come back. What are we doing next? Um, how about how about we do some stats again? Cool. Oh, fuck this segment. This is the box office stats. Guess uh, who won? Who's so the winner? If, this for those guy. Who, so those who have missed last week, we're, we've changed... How we're doing box office stats. Since most people know the box office stats by the time our podcast release, we're going to start doing forecasting. And so we all forecasted Ted 2 last week, and Brad chimed in at $35 million. What, what? And it ended up doing $33 million. So Brad won. That's right. Brad always wins. That's right. Um, yeah, so this week we get to forecast Terminator Genesis. Yep. Um, because... Although I, it's a little... Like, we have a little... Inside information, considering it came out on Tuesday, basically. Yeah, have you been reading about it? A little bit. Okay, cool. So right now, uh, originally they said it was going to do about $56 million, and now they're bringing it way down to about forty-seven, mm. Um Because uh, there's, the Wednesday wasn't as strong as they thought it was going to be. And yeah. it's, But it's weird because... Magic Mike's beating it out. Uh, it'll end up being Magic Mike, though, because it, it actually beat it today, yeah. or yesterday. Um, I'm going to go with 35. Again. 35? Wow. Yeah. Are, are we doing three days or the five day? Because uh, that makes a big difference. I know. That's the other thing I was confused about because, yeah, it's they're gonna it's going to show the whole total for the week. So so we should do the five day. I guess, yeah. Um, well, for five days, I'll go with 45. 45. James, what are you thinking for Terminator Genesis? Um, shoot. Five days. I'm actually going to say I think it's going to like underperform. So I, I think that it's going to be closer to like 40. 41. 40? Wow. Um, just to, for the sake of being different than you guys, I'll do 47 million. All so right. we got 45, 41? 41. I'll go with 41. And I'll do 47. 
Okay. That I'm hoping that Saturday it'll get a huge uptick. Yeah. You're like I've, that asshole on Price is Right who. Yep. <laughs> no, that'd be, that's I, I would say $1. 4501. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do 41 million and $2. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm surprised that they even think it's going to make a whole lot because like looking at, um, I, I don't think a lot of people go to the movie on Fourth of July. Like, yeah, well, maybe during they the used day to because Independence Day and things like that did. Will Smith. Oh yeah, it used to be Big Will Willie Smith's style. holiday. Remember, James? Oh yeah, dude. Hey, if it were Big Billy Weekend, I would be like a million, a million, wild, million wild dollars, West and no one trusted him ever again. Yeah, all Billy, Big Willy Weekend movies make a million, million dollars, but this is not that. It's a tough sell. Yeah, and there were like I think three or four people. In my screening, so uh, mine was actually there's quite a few, but um, I saw the first showing of it on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. Touch Brad, Kellen. Touch oh. him. <laughs> I was like, where did he go? He's disappeared. Hey, buddy. Um, but last week, there's Inside no Out actually won. The nothing fun over really? Here. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. Just disappointing, man. So, but they're th- they're thinking Inside Out's going to win again this week. I think it's, that's fair. It's already yeah. it's already made over two hundred million dollars. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, it's the highest rated reviewed uh, highest reviewed movie of the year is Inside Out. Hmm. Followed closely by Mad Max. Mad Max. You guys right. are just like slash film, so you know they're like everyone at slash film thinks Mad Max is maybe undoubtedly the, one of the greatest action films of all time. So. Well, it is. They must have been listening to our podcast because they're like, "Oh, I love those two guys on there. They know exactly what we think. We'll hire them. To, we'll hire them to replace Jermaine." They totally should. Is he leaving? <laughs> yeah, Jermaine's gone. He's gone. Oh. I don't know. I forgot all those people's names by now. Actually, it's interesting. They actually put an article up there, and I'm interested. There's a documentary coming out called "The Weta Effect," and it talks. Remember last week, a couple weeks ago, I was talking about why people are so jaded for special effects. Uh-huh. There's it's... an actual documentary coming out about it. Yeah, it's a. Yeah, there's a there's a YouTube video as well um, that I watched just today that this guy put together about it. And it, it now f- for me, everything he says is exactly what I believe, which is that like with with basically the argument is that since Weta started making movies so gorgeous, we lose the we're losing some of the like dirt and um, honestly some of the believability because like everything is so gorgeous. Um, it's interesting. The YouTube video I, I saw today, he compared um, he compared the the Hulk versus the Incredible Hulk, and it's just a shot of the Hulk out in the world. And he's right. Like the as much as I don't like that CG version of the Hulk as much, um, the the shot of the Hulk out in this like San Francisco street looks a lot better because it's the real street. Whereas in the Incredible Hulk, the street is clearly CG, and they've added in smoke and fire and all this other stuff. Um, so anyway, it was a, it's, it's interesting, but the, but I think the Hulk in, in Hulk looks, doesn't look as good as the incredible Hulk. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's more about, it's more about the environment than Mm -hmm. it is, you know, that's really his his argument. Interesting. Kellen, you are all over the place. Just don't type on the keyboard. He he wants to. Don't play on my phone. Did you feed him a spoon of sugar or something? Fuck yeah, I did. (laughs) Just gave him some Red Bull in his bottle. Play with the Rocketeer. That's, that's good, right? There you go. Text my mom. Aw. Tell her what a crude show we're making. <laughs> Dude, so literally my 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 parents now are listening to our show on their back porch. Like on their <laughs> they I got them some outdoor speakers for Sweet. Christmas. Um and so the last couple of weekends they've been um so your neighbors are turning, listening too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh totally. Uh and my mom calls me today and she's like 
Yeah, so we're on the back porch and we're we're listening to you, and it's it's funny because you're swearing a whole lot more than Ryan even is. That's the thing is, they, if they actually listen to the show a lot, they'll know that I don't cuss as much as James does. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. I well, you I cuss more. I you think say mine are crude, more impactful. You say crude shit. Mine are more impactful. You make dick jokes and talk about I, Alessandro Daddario's like boobs. I'm like PG thirteen, and I just use that one fuck really well. And James is like the rated R. We have 256 foxes, so it kind yeah. of loses its potency, you know. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh... You know, I totally looked up uh, Alexander Daddario, True Detective, just because you <laughs> told me about it. And I, it's funny because I typed in her name, and her her name didn't even come. You know, like you do like Google, and you type in somebody's name, it just brings it up. Well, if you type Alexander, it's you're off. It's Alexandria. I think. No, I didn't. No, I did. Uh, yeah, I typed in two Alexandria. Heads. And then I put in D, and it didn't go to Dario as, like, the first one. It was literally Alexander Dario, True Detective, and then her name was below it. <laughs> oh, the internet's a fucking horrible place. No, it was a great place because I saw some amazing tits. <laughs> oh, I'm telling she's you. She's pretty. She is. Oh, yeah. And she's like good. Stunning. She's good in that show. Yeah. Yeah. She's really good in – have you guys seen Texas Chainsaw? She's really good in that, uh, too. I have seen Texas Chainsaw. That movie's really fun to watch. Oh, watch your head. Watch your head. Where are you going? Where are you going? What's next? Uh, next this is stuff. we've been watching. Yep. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. It's like escaping underneath the chairs. He's like, I just want to fuck with the soundboard. Dad, let me type on the computer and fuck with the soundboard. Fine. If I can't do that, I am going out the front door. Oh. I don't like you anymore, Dad. What is that song? I love driving my big truck. Boo, boo. All right. Anyway, this is great, great podcasting here. All right. Uh, Brad, what have you been watching? You've got like a long as shit list. Yes. Don't interrupt me too much or else we'll be here all night. All right. Great. Just fucking. Unless the movies are shit, then I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. So. Talk about the ones that are important. They're all important. But I'm going to make it simple by saying. I'm going to lump all the documentaries together because that's the most of them. Oh, shit. Cool. I watched 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 documentaries. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yes. So, uh, Are they all five minutes long? No. They were all like the same length. Oh, my um, So I'll just go down the list. Life Itself, which is the Roger Ebert documentary. Oh, I wanted to see that one. Oh, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty good. I mean, it's it's really just kind of very linear about his... It's a, a biography, like how... He was married to a black lady. Yes, he was married. He is still married to a black lady. No, he's dead. He well, he's dead, married. but, you know, your love never dies. Yeah, it does. When they um, bury you, it doesn't matter. But they have footage of him with, like, his missing jaw and stuff mm-hmm. in it. It's pretty shocking. Um, oh, I bet. But he wanted it in there so people could see. Oh, was he, like, a producer on it? Uh, I think so. Or just maybe creative input? I know, uh... He invited the document, like the documentarian, like to come in and shoot himself, like at the hospital and stuff on his like last days. Huh. Um, and just like his rise through the newspapers. Like, so like he knew when he was gonna die. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he knew it was uh, a very rapid cancer. Um. Anyway, uh, really good stuff if you want to. Like it also talks about like Gene Siskel's death and and uh, all that. Uh, the next documentary I watched was um called urbanized it's about like city planning um and it talks about like it goes to a bunch of different cities uh, across the world and shows like how 
some of them are ineffective and in how they establish their like transportation and how, how they lay out their cities basically and yeah. what the best way to do them is like in France they talk about like everything's in circles like and has the roundabouts because they envision like the government in the center and then like all the different like manufacturing residential commercial and like different sectors huh um and then like uh in New York there's like this abandoned L train elevated train yeah. track that they don't use anymore abandoned um, and then a bunch of like urban developers looked at it and like, it was going to be torn down, but they said like, why spend all the money tearing it down when we can just like repurpose it into something better? And so it's become like, like they let all the foliage grow on it hmm. and now they turned it into like this urban park where people can like jog and, uh, wow. post things on it. So the structure still stands, but now it's like serving a different purpose. Interesting. Um, and I think in Africa it was, they have a, a city with a ton of crime. Uh, like a lot of muggings and a lot of murders because the houses are so far apart and there's like a lot of empty space in the streets. So uh, they can't have people come in and build these structures like every like little rec centers every certain number of miles. Okay. So that if you were being chased down, there would be like a 24-hour place to go to. Yeah. Uh, right away. Oh, yeah, um, kind of like on like on co- college campuses, they have those like rape buttons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead, they're like you know meeting places, and they're all they're all built uh, vertically, like very tall, in a like a certain part of it, and labeled in color red so that you could like see them, even either night or day. Hmm. Um, so that was a cool documentary. Um, then I watched uh, Terms and Conditions May Apply, which is a documentary about how uh, nobody reads Terms and Conditions and reports. how buried in all the Terms and Conditions are things where like that are they're horrible. Just, they're sources to steal information from you. Yeah. Like, just, uh, obviously, yeah, no one wants to read them, so you just click OK, and Facebook, Google, all of them, just take that information and sell it. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched Indie Game, which is a documentary about... Oh, uh, yeah. You've seen it? Yeah. Yeah. A um, bunch of indie game developers, it just chronicles, like, I think three or four of them, and how, like, from development of the game to release, and uh, how well it goes for each of them. Um, I think the most, probably the most interesting one was, uh, Meat Boy. Yeah. Super Meat Boy. And then Fez was like the most disturbing one. Cause, cause Phil Fish is a crazy motherfucker. Yeah. Like he, he has a certain charm to him cause he, like he's obviously a genius in, right. in a way, but he's also like kind of a rude, yeah. uh, not sociable person. Like when he talks about wanting to just like murder that one guy, Wait, what? Like, that's a little too far, dude. <laughs> Phil, so Phil Fish is kind of a feels like he's Jerk. A, had a little privilege uh, existence. Yeah. Um, but it was cool watching uh, all of them go through. And then watching like Super Meat Boy make tons of, million do- of millions of dollars. Because that, that game is awesome. Yeah, is it? Super Meat Boy is amazing. Looks like it's fun. Uh, it is horrible. It's like torturing yourself. But <laughs> uh, but the, the, the difference is that while you just keep throwing yourself against this wall of challenge, like, even though it's impossibly hard, you keep doing it because there's no punishment. If you die, you immediately, you start over in a fraction of a second, right where you were at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, you just keep going and going and going and going until you get it right. The only thing that makes you stop playing that game is that your fingers fall off. <laughs> I know, I'm really excited. It hasn't been on PlayStation, but it's coming out on PlayStation, I think, next month. Yeah. And PS Plus subscribers get, subscribers get it for free because it's never been on there before. Cool. Um, I also watched uh, gonna play it again. Showrunners, oh, which okay. is a documentary about people who basically control network TV shows. Yeah. So uh, uh, I don't think 
there's a whole bunch of them. So like uh, House of Cards, uh, House of Lies. Um, what was the other ones? Like a lot of major network shows. It just shows the process of um, and all the struggles of trying to like, you know, they pitch 98 shows a year and only two of them actually survive. You know? Right. Stuff like that. So that was really good. Um, I watched a documentary called Teenage, which is interesting because it was only like, stop, your baby's dead. Is he okay? <laughs> that is how you learn how to walk. <laughs> That's how you learn not to hit things with your head. Oh. He seems unfazed. He's, oh, yeah. He's totally like, eh, whatever. Our hands already beat him enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a beating, guys. <laughs> Uh, Teenage uses all, like, source footage, all stock footage, and, like, Hollywood actors narrate it, narrate the characters in it, but it's, a it's about the rise of, like, the demographic of Teenager is only, has only been around in the past century. Yeah. Um, and so, from, like, 1910 onward, it just shows the rise through all, like, old British stock footage and American stock footage, uh, of how that basically started when, like... In Britain, a lot of children were working as slaves, um, and then the government like ratified, "Hey, you can't do that." And so now these kids were on the street with nothing to do, so they became like hoodlums, right? Um, and then they uh, like organized a basically like a Boy Scouts thing, and then like hmm. they got interested in becoming part of the army, and then they went to World War One, and then like all these factors that like led to the development of the teenage demographic. Huh, um, that's interesting. And like, oh yeah, a lot of it was just like trying to, like, grown-ups didn't like these kids running around, so they just found ways to oppress them, <laughs> and then they found a way to rebel. Parents just don't understand. Yeah, so. Oh, that's a Will Smith reference. Yeah. When he was the Fresh Prince. Big Willie Weekend. Um, so that was, it was, yeah, and it's all, it was all old footage, so it was interesting to see Hmm. random people yeah. with no context. That's cool. Um, I also watched I Know That Voice, which is a documentary about voiceover actors. Uh-huh. And it has like all the great voices we've all seen, uh, over, heard all over the years through all of our favorite cartoons in it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I'm hard-pressed to think of anyone they left out. Like John DiMaggio is in I think he actually produced it. Oh, okay. Um, uh, Batman, voice of Batman, I can't. Drawing a blank right now. Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, isn't it? I uh, met him. Rob Paulson. Yeah, you met him. A lot of people. He, he anyway, said fuck it's, to me. It's a lot of fun. That's <laughs> how you measure your interactions with celebrities. Yeah. He said fuck to me. It's a lot of fun. Like, a lot of them do the voices. A lot of the documentary is just them recreating the voices. or And a lot of them, like Hank Azaria, say, like, a lot of the character voices we get for cartoon characters are just bad impressions of real celebrities that we can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, I also watched Legends of the Night, which is a documentary about people who are inspired by Batman. Okay. Um, so there's like a part of the documentary focuses on a guy who dresses a bat, at, who's a super rich guy, he dresses up as Batman, drives around in a Batmobile, uh, to children's hospitals, makes them ha- like happy and stuff. There's another kid, um, who so has, he's, li- he's lying to children. Well, yeah. Okay. He's he's teaching them that there's a world with Batman in it, and when wanna... they grow up, they'll be horribly disappointed. <gasps> I just want to make it clear, and to possibly even sicker. So I heard you're dying. <laughs> I'm here to grant your last wish. Whenever, whenever he meets, <laughs> they show whenever he meets them, like he always leaves with, "I want you to do like one favor for me. Get better." Oh, that's nice. Yeah. It's like you don't owe Batman any favors. Wait, yeah, some of them are gonna <laughs> be like, "Batman, I'm I'm gonna disappoint Batman." <laughs> Like this is the new low of their life. Um, another guy, he's just like a seventeen-year-old kid. Um, I forget what he's called. This uh, Petaluma Batman. 
Um, he basically has like a, a black T-shirt and like a the, like the Walmart plastic mask. Remember yeah. in um, basketball when um, he promises Coop to hit four home runs? <laughs> really, Coop? You will? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. He just kept but... on saying choke, choke. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Petaluma <laughs> Batman, he just runs around town, like, standing on things, inspiring people as Batman, and sometimes he'll, like, call up his friends to dress up as villains, and they'll stage, like, fights in the middle of nowhere, or in the middle of, like, strip malls and things, and people will come by and take pictures, you know. Um, actually, his big claim to fame that was, like, some little girl got kidnapped, and, uh, while they were looking for her, he put up, like, missing posters, you know, without the consent of the family, he just did it. Um, and then, unfortunately, they didn't find her alive. But um, oh, oh, yeah, oh. that was the sad part. I thought you were going to tell me that he found her. No, right. no, he and just he's like, I found you. He just set up <laughs> yeah, a like, page and put up. He was really famous for the when this one girl went missing and he fucking found her. Like I thought for sure that's how you were going to end that. No, and then it just <laughs> that's why I wished it ended. But like, yeah, the whole segment starts with the family being like. Yeah, we were looking for our daughter, and she's gone missing, and um, we didn't know that there was this guy posting these flyers. And unfortunately, uh, yeah, we found her, <laughs> found her on in the snow. Oh, that's yeah, but uh, basically, yeah, basically, it's all people who've his, whose lives have been affected by Batman. Yeah. Um, I also watched uh, My Life, directed by Nicholas Wenning Refn. It's oh. a documentary made by uh, the director of Drive's wife. And it basically is just footage from her, not so much their entire life t- together, but just during Only God Forgives. Oh, less interested. It's It gives me a new appreciation that, appreciation for that movie because um, it shows him making the film and like basically staggering around not knowing what the fuck to do with that movie. Oh, okay. He himself knows, like, he doesn't know how to end it. He doesn't know where to go with it. He doesn't know what the point of it is. And, like, it's all style, and that's Me pretty much either. what you get from watching the movie. Hmm. Uh, but the sad part is, like, because it's from her perspective, um, he's she obviously... divorced him? <laughs> there's a part in the movie oh, where she's shit. talking to a uh, fortune teller or a, oh, a tarot card reader, mm-hmm. and, like, he gives this reading, and it basically comes down to, like, you know, I'm th- I don't think I'm going to be in this relationship anymore. Like, how do I... Should I leave? And the fortune teller is like, well, if you want to go... Like, if you're unhappy, like, you need to leave. Hmm. But she stays with him. Um, and as you watch the documentary, he's obviously really difficult to deal with because he's so moody. Um, and fucking, like, half the movie is them just laying in bed, look, acting depressed. Hmm. Um, waking up from something, falling asleep to something. It's like, like, that guy does great work, but God, he, I, he seems miserable to be around. Um, at one point, they're like, they're staying in Bangkok. Was it Bangkok? I think it was Bangkok. And it's like, yeah, I think it's filmed in, yeah. Um, on, like, level 45 of this residential tower. It's gorgeous. But they just let their kids run around on the balcony. And at one point, his kid goes over the balcony to grab a shirt. On the 45th floor. I know you guys aren't paying attention. No, wait, wait. wait. You mean, like, <laughs> no, no. But you don't mean, like, he goes out onto the balcony. You mean he, like... He hunt- doesn't. His kid climbs over the railing. Oh. To get a shirt that blew over on the 40th floor. And then they have this fight over, like, why the fuck are these kids even on the balcony? And uh, actually, they're like, why is the clothing line out on the balcony? It's like, don't let the kids out there at all. <laughs> and, like, they have this one kid or that's, f- like, f- runs around. Fucking teach them to not well, climb over balconies. She's filming it? 
Oh, she filmed the after, like the argument. Oh, I thought she was filming oh. him doing it. No, like it, <laughs> that sounds like a woman thing to do. They just filming doing him like, doing oh, it and shit. then blame it on the man for. Not. Oh no, it just shows like the kids like running around next to the rail, like what were you doing out there? Um, yeah, and then like one of their kids runs around nude all the time, so that's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, to watch. Fucking artist, man. Uh, no, that's just kids, man. They just do that. Uh-huh. Wait, how old is a kid? I don't know. Like, is he like twelve, like that tall, so <laughs> four or five. <laughs> I can't correlate oh, ages to oh, sizes. But I don't know, like this one. What's that one? Two. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even one. He's as big oh, as a cat. Goodness. The cat's how old? Oh. <laughs> the cat's the cat's how old? <laughs> that cat's trying to snuff him out with the tail. Um. All right, last documentary, uh, Particle Fever. Something exploded oh, is, outside. Is, is this one about the large, large hadron collider? Yeah, cool. Um, that was like really fascinating to watch. Yeah. these, you know, experimental physicists and mm-hmm. like idea physicists talk about like what that thing really is and does. What it re- yeah, what it does and like how they're stumped. Like they've come to this place in their field where they have nowhere to go unless it works. Huh. Um, if it doesn't work, then they basically got to close up shop. And uh, there's this thing called the multiverse, and then the oh yeah, in DC. Yes. Or no, Marvel, whatever. There's a real, there's yeah, a real multiverse, and there's like, damn it, what's it called? Um, the uh, something model, damn it. Basically, the Higgs particle is like this missing piece that they don't have, uh, and it's the God particle is a misnomer. Right. Like people equate it being like theological, but it's only because it like holds everything together. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had to like run this test, and if it was in this certain, uh, range then it was in the multiverse and then they were like fucked and then if it was uh a few points down from that it was it fit the model and they did one test and it was in the multiverse range and they're like god damn it now we've got like everything we know is destroyed um and then there's all these different universes where everything's the same but uh physics are changed so like down is up and up is down and nothing makes sense anymore and then they did a second test, and it fell in between the two. And now they're like, well, so both exist. Damn it. <laughs> we have to run more tests. And the Hadron Collider is like a 17-mile track. Yeah. Um, I'm just telling people on who right, right. are listening don't know. Right. Um, where they spin a bunch of magnets around the entire track. And there's four testing points. Um, and they each test a different set of uh, criteria. Um, and I forget what they are, but the main one was Atlas because they focus on the one girl who runs it for most of the show, and they don't really hmm. talk about the other three. Probably because they haven't got to the other three yet. Hmm. But Remember, it's in Terminator 3. Yeah. Well, no, a... A version of a, it. Yeah, a electron or uh, particle accelerator is in Terminator 3. It's pretty awesome. Okay. It's um, a good scene. So, yeah. And that was all the documentaries I watched. Why did you watch so many documentaries? Yeah, like, what happened this week that you were like, I'm stupid, I need to learn more things? <laughs> well, I was looking at my queue, and... um. I was like, I, I got to clear a lot of this stuff off. Like, it's getting too long, and I I just keep watching old stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I just watched one documentary. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to just wipe them all off my queue. Yeah. So that's why I went through. And I still have a few more to go. But um, then I also watched The Birthday Boys Season 2 finally came out. Um, and it's not as funny as the first season. Remind me what it is. I don't remember The Birthday Boys at all. Uh, it's a sketch comedy show uh, produced by oh, yeah, that's uh, Bob right. Odenkirk. Yeah, now I remember. Yeah. Um, like, this season has a whole bunch of uh, guest cameos from famous comedians like Dana Carvey's in the first episode. Um, oh, good. But, like, overall, I don't think it was as funny as the first Isn't season. Isn't that special? <laughs> that- um, 
the gags are like wait, really weird during them before. And yeah. then, um, but the one that stood out was, uh, they do this cause we're talking about Terminator this week. Uh, they do a sketch where Sarah Connor's holed up in a warehouse. She's waiting for the Terminator to come after her. Uh huh. And then the, the time portal opens up and this like guy in a stormtrooper outfit with like a Daft Punk helmet drops out. Yeah. And he just starts to like slowly walk like one mile an hour at a time. Like he's the shittiest robot, right? Okay. Um, and then within like two steps, he just falls face first into the ground. Okay. And then the time portal opens up and the scientists come out and like prop him back up and like reset him. And they go back, uh, through the portal and the robot starts slowly walking towards the warehouse more and more falls face first over again. They come back, prop him up. The, uh, cyborg goes up the stairs, freezes on the stairs and the portal opens up and a broom pokes out and like <laughs> pokes him in the back. <laughs> and then he like restarts, starts going up the stairs again and then stops on the stairs and just completely like slumps over. And then the portal opens up, and the scientists come out, put like a, uh, oh, like a wall of curtains around him, and you hear them whispering like, ah, "What do we do? I don't, just hit the button. No, it's not working. Well, just blow on his neck." <laughs> I can't believe that worked. All right, pack everything up, let it go. Um, and it ends up knocking on the wrong door, and then Sarah kind of like bests him. Um, but yeah, it was funny. Cool. Um, and then. I watched Monsters, which was, I think, oh, from yeah. 2010, about, uh, it's the guy who directed the Godzilla right. remake, and um, I was a little disappointed that, like, there's barely any monsters in the movie, and I know it's about the relationship of the two characters who are trying to, uh, this one guy is hired to get this rich dude's daughter out of the country, away from these monsters, and so it's their trek across the landscape trying to get back to America right. within the borders and avoiding these monsters. And um, the, I, I didn't find the characters just too interesting to mm. watch. Uh, and basically the one guy is trying to get with the girl from the beginning of the movie and then halfway through you, he like makes a case that he's like actually a nice guy. And then from then on, it seems like he's a, you know, a nice enough dude. And so I guess yeah. you're supposed to root for him at that point, but... I guess if you forget how much of a shithead he was in the beginning, I don't know. When, Didn't when, care about the characters too much. When there are monsters, are they kind of cool looking or impressive? The way that like am I the only one who's seen it? Uh, yeah, I, I haven't, I haven't seen, seen it. Oh, okay, um, they're like these squid monsters. They right. float and they have a lot of tentacles. Um, and spoiler, eventually you find out that you know everyone thinks they're out to destroy humanity, but they're only out to just steal energy. So by the end of the movie, they just they get held up in a gas station and then the tentacles come in the gas station and like touch the TV and you realize they're just sucking power out of everything. Hmm. And then they like, they mate by transferring power between each other. Um, yeah. And that was it. And it happens like there's like one attack at the beginning, one attack in the middle. And then at the end, it's just that gas station scene. Hmm. And then that's when you see the monsters in full view, like floating around. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Um, Ooh. last days on Mars was like zombies in space. <laughs> good? Was it good? Last days on Mars? Yeah. Okay. The, I was half paying attention to it, so <laughs> like, I kind of lost Maybe as a result it. of it not being good, yeah. But there's a bunch of scientists on Mars. Uh, one of them gets trapped outside, comes back in, he's infected. He, least things lead to other people getting infected, and then they have to get off the space station and go to the other, the other base down the way and 
Yeah. Look, That's go, all I got through. Go. If you are on Mars and you get infected with something, you don't go to the other space station. <laughs> Sorry. Well, they were escaping from the infected people by going to this. This station. is not how quarantines work. Um, These people are scientists. So they should yeah. know better. Um. Uh, get your ass sorry, to Mars. New game alters. <laughs> uh, I saw Inside Out, which I didn't see with you guys. Oh, cool. What that did you nice. think about Inside Out? It was nice. Yeah. Okay. It was nice? Yeah. <laughs> That's all you have to say about it? Yeah, I mean, obviously a Pixar movie is a lot better than most other movies, but like in the pantheon of Pixar movies, it's probably not one of my favorites. Like it's there with like Brave or... Not that... Oh, you're the one yeah. percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> No, it was good. It's just like I didn't relate to it enough, you know. Like, yeah. I'm not a little girl. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure her exper- ex- experiences aren't that all different from like oh, a ten year old boy. But that part's universal. Like, there just wasn't like a character or, like a super like that captured my imagination. You know, except for Bing Bong, which was like the most heartbreaking thing ever. Oh yeah, Bing Bong is <laughs> amazing. Yeah, um, and I I saw it coming, and I still was like, oh, heartbroken. Yeah. 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 He does have a heart, listeners of Real Nerds Podcast. Brad does have Not a heart. Entirely robot. But only for imaginary characters. And then uh because I traded in all my DVDs and stuff, I purchased Surf Ninjas and Over the Top. <laughs> okay. Tell us about oh, Surf man, I was Ninjas. Get over the top too. Is it still yeah. seven bucks? On Blu ray, I got the DVD because it was four and then it matched the price of the Surf Ninjas, so it basically got it for free. <laughs> All right. Wait, um, so you're considering that you paid full price for Surf Ninjas, but you got over the top for a dollar? Oh, yeah, a dollar. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, so yeah. tell me about Surf Ninjas. I, I was, I was going to get over the top on Blu-ray, but I was like, do I really That's need this much. on Blu-ray? I don't give a shit about over the top. <laughs> tell me about Surf Ninjas. Surf Ninjas, I can't believe I found. Um, <laughs> it's so dull. <laughs> it is... Rob Schneider's in it. Uh, he's the, I'm air quoting, comic relief. Um, <laughs> everything about it, like, so dumb. Leslie, Leslie Nielsen is yeah. Colonel Chi, the bad guy. I love Leslie Nielsen. Um, he has a robot face because it got stepped on by, I think, a rhinoceros in a battle. <laughs> of course. I was, or a horse. I don't remember. Um, no, let's go with rhinoceros. It sounds Basically, cooler. he went and invaded this country and uh, killed the ruler and... Um, this one of their warriors snuck their kids off to America, um, and they grew up with a foster dad who was like a Perfect. war veteran, and he runs, I think, a hot dog stand on like in like California. So like, far, this beach. is a so far this is a pretty deep and intense story. Exactly, like, man, um, this is hard. So Ernie Reyes Jr. is the oldest son, and then some other kids like his little brother, and then they hang out with Izzy, who's Rob Schneider. Okay. Um, and then has Rob Schneider ever played a character with a last name, <laughs> or like a real first name? Like, is has are all of Rob uh, Schneider's characters Deuce Bigelow? <laughs> oh, oh Bigelow. Yeah. good job, good job. Um, yeah, so they're just going about their uh, daily lives, and then um, the Ernie Ray's uh, Junior guy he has to give a presentation to the foreign diplomat of whatever is coming to his school, his high school. And instead of giving the speech, which he forgot to come up with anything, he just sings Barbara Ann instead in front of the whole school. And then the foreign diplomat's like, oh, that's so shocking. Like, uh, But then he's like warms up to it at the end of the movie. And then uh, Rob Schneider is 
trying to become a chef. Okay, never forget all that. Uh, so they're the movie starts out with them getting attacked by random ninjas, like they just got tracked down, and then that warrior who brought them to America, um, he's uh, fighting them while they are not paying attention. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. so like one will try to jump into the classroom, but like just before he jumps through the window, like their ninja friend will pull him and fight him in secret. And then finally, uh, they attack him at uh, their dad's house, and the the veil is off. They they know they're being attacked, so they uh, get taken back to their home country, uh, where Colonel Chi is waiting for them to like kill them. Um, but along the way, each of the brothers gets special powers. Like the one kid Why? can predict the future through his game gear. And Ernie Reyes Jr. becomes like a super awesome fighter. Like he suddenly gets super ninja skills. And then Rob Schneider can make wishes happen by saying, what if? I'm not even joking. So so much to the one point, like their, their ninja friend, um, he gets killed at, at the end of the movie. And he says like, what if I survived? And he survives. <laughs> so the dude who could predict the future with the Game Gear did predict that Sega wouldn't be around in <laughs> eight years? He didn't. So, right. But right. I think at the end of the movie, uh, the ninja guy says, like, you don't need this to predict the future. So it really wasn't the Game Gear telling him all mm. the right information. What game did he have on the Game Gear? The Sonic game on it's really fun. Surf Ninjas. <laughs> what? They're playing their own game. Is there a real Surf Ninjas game? Yeah. I did not know it that. It was like a promotional for that game. Wow. Yeah. Um, and they, they they barely surf. Uh, they surf at the beginning uh, when Izzy is trying to learn how to surf, and he doesn't. And then when they go back to their home country, uh, like the whole wave of friend other friend ninjas that they gathered at some point uh, surf to the island. Uh, it would be a clan. The clan. Ninjas. Sorry. <laughs> their clan. They surf to the island, back to their home country. They surf to it. I want oh, to take this. Surf, I, I, the surf ninjas. I, I want to take this opportunity to point out that Point Break is not the dumbest movie ever. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping it was be like a fun mid '90s thing, but yeah, because on Ninja Turtles two, they always had the preview for Surf Ninjas. And oh, that's right. On the VHS, but uh, no, it was not worth watching ever again. Uh, <laughs> ever again. Uh, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Let's try not to be too loud, guys. Kellen's starting to fade, so let's just talk normally. Okay. <laughs> then maybe he won't. Yeah. And then the All last right. movie I watched was Over the Top, which was Over the not Top. Not the awesome. worst movie I've ever heard of. No. I've seen I've seen it before, but um it's cheesy. It's, it's definitely cheesy. It has a great yeah. soundtrack. Soundtrack, yeah. Over the top. Winner yeah. takes it all, Sammy Hagar. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the premise is uh Sylvester Stallone is Frank no, wait. Lincoln Hawk. He's a truck driver. And <laughs> is that his name? Yep. That's a, well, actually, awesome in the name. movie, um, it's so bad that uh, he has a different last name throughout the movie. Like, some people call him Hawks, and his name is Hawk. Yeah. So, like, characters will just, you know. So there's no script supervisor in Yeah, there's no the yeah. script supervisor. And I, I, how, how this get made did uh, an episode on this movie. So I was, watch, I was listening to them point out all the stupid stuff in the movie while I was watching it is, is stuff, is stuff like that which I didn't pick up the first time but then they said like yeah characters in this movie um, even they just change his name at whim yeah they just change his name at whim and I was like well it's probably because they don't respect him so they don't know his name uh, but then they point out parts where like even his own family doesn't call him 
who <laughs> presumably I, their I last name is does, Hawk yeah. too. Um, Lincoln so Hawk. That's awesome. They point out that the little kid is named Michael, but in the movie, because he's mostly his mother's child, he goes by Michael Cutler. But the one person pointed out, like, if he's Salone's mm-hmm. son, he's Mike Cock. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Cock. Yes. Oh. Ten-year-old kid. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Lincoln Hawk is a truck driver, and he gets a call from his <laughs> wife. She's going into surgery. Uh, she wants him to show up at her, uh, their son's. Uh, he's graduating from military school, and uh, she wants him to pick him up, bring him to the hospital, go across country on this journey, bond with him. Um, the kid's a spoiled brat. He's been brought up in privilege for all of his life. Um, his grandfather... He doesn't, he doesn't know what the real world's like out there with all those people arm wrestling. Yeah, all those lowly arm wrestlers and truck drivers and dads who don't write. The real world, um, man. But he actually does write to him, and for some reason, his mother was keeping the letters from him in her purse. Because she's the Cause worst. he's a no-good arm wrestler, guys. Yeah, oh, right, you're right. Because he's um, a part of the real world. Yeah, and so... It's a road trip bonding thing, and then uh, basically the grandfather wants, hates Lincoln Hawk so much, he thinks he's a loser, doesn't want him in his life, he wants to keep the kid for himself, and then the mom dies. Uh, at first you think it's just cancer, but you learn, like, she wasn't supposed to die, she just died in surgery, so the doctor messed up. <laughs> so they're trying to get to the hospital, and yeah, the kid's all sad, so he goes with the, the uh, grandfather, and then Salone goes off to you know, he's got nothing else. His truck's damaged because a bunch uh, of the grandfather's henchmen tried to kidnap him. So he had to, like, crash into their truck. He crashes into the truck transporting his kidnapped son, smashes into it to rescue him. Um, and? Yeah. Hmm? And? So he messes up his truck. Did he rescue his son, though? Yeah, his son was fine. But point, still, like, terrible dad, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you have to live in the now, not what could have happened. Yeah, and then Stallone arm wrestles for a new truck, and they po- the podcast points. Well, the podcast points out like the whole arm wrestling tournament is for like a hundred thousand dollars in this truck, but it's not arm arm wrestling truck drivers. It's ar- just arm wrestlers, people who want to arm wrestle. So some so people are going to end up with a truck. Some people are going to end up with a truck they don't want. <laughs> um, That's very yeah. fair. And they also point out that uh, uh, Stallone is like late for all the. He's like trying to be a really good dad, but he's like purposefully late to all the important events li- in his life. Like, he's late to the um, kid's graduation. Like, he's supposed to be there and watch the graduation, but he shows up afterwards and talks to the colonel and talks to the colonel to get him to come to him because the montage ahead of that is him washing his truck and, like, (laughs) brushing his teeth. It's like, if he didn't waste time washing his truck, he probably would have been to the the graduation on time. (laughs) And then when they go to, uh, like, uh, is it Is it a sexy truck washing montage? (laughs) Like Sylvester Stallone in like a wet tank top washing his truck. Actually, I think it was shirtless. Oh so, my! If you want to download that, James. I nah, I'm good. Yeah. Anyway, I'm good. yeah, it's silly, but it's also kind of. It's like Cobra. It's like silly but awesome. Yeah. Oh, Cobra! Like, yeah. did you guys see the trailer for Creed? Yes. Oh, it looks I'm awesome. so excited. I love that you don't see Sylvester Stallone until like the last. 30 seconds of the trailer and then and then that How last you know that? The, oh, I got so excited oh the last little bit where he comes back he's like you see that right there that's the toughest comp- competitor you're ever gonna fight yourself yourself yeah it's great oh. and the thing is like a lot of people rag on Sloan for not being a good actor but dude this fucking movie between like awesome. the Rocky movies and Rambo and this like yeah 
there's a part where they do testimonials. Like it suddenly breaks into the office where the truck drivers who are or the, the arm wrestlers, like the movie has had no cutaways, but all of a sudden there's these interview cutaways <laughs> where they're talking about like who they are. Um, and Stallone has this thing where he's like, I'm just, I'm just here for the truck. Like all the other people talk about like, I'm going to crush this guy. I'm going to break his arm. Stallone just has this like real dramatic moment where like, I'm going to win a truck. I, I need this truck. I think it's just one of those things this truck. where people take him for granted. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I don't. I think Stallone's a great actor. Yeah. Well, he can be a little. They remember bit over from like the, the cheesier movies where it's like Judge Dredd or. But still, is it really Demolition his Man? Fault? No, it's not. He's his great fault. in Demolition Man. Dude, he is amazing in Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. He's really good he's, in First Blood. He, he's amazing in First Blood. I think that's his best performance is oh, in yeah. First Blood. Yeah, like the guy's actually really good. Yes, People he, talk, yes, that, he like, talks like this all the time. But like, who cares? Yeah, like, that's because he kid. was when he was born. They had to use forceps to get him out of his mother's womb. Oh, I and, thought he had a stroke. When no, he was and they kid. like damaged the left side of his face. Oh, that's why he talks like that. Hmm. And now you guys feel bad about making fun of him, huh? No, I was. No, ma- I was, was going to say that like, people make say. fun of him like slurring his speech during that Rambo speech, but like he's he's giving like real emotion there, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. don't make fun of yeah. his speech. Yeah, rewatch it and then tell me you're not moved by the that only, last speech. The only thing to make fun of with Sylvester Stallone is how much he has injected himself with crazy drugs and made himself look like. Weird statue when he's ninety five years old. I still think like, Expendables is cool. I was cool. noticing that, like, in over the top, he's actually pretty skinny. Yeah. Um. And like, he's way bigger now. Where he's like roided out. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Um, Drugs are bad, kids. Anyway, the last thing I watched was The Blacklist, which I've oh. actually just kind of stopped watching before I came over here. And at first, the pilot was like, "This is ridiculous and stupid," but now I'm like episode seven, and it's in the middle of a two parter, and I'm like, I can't. Like, I can't wait to watch what happens next. So tell me about The Blacklist because I've never, I've never tried it. Uh, James Spader. I mean, as, as into it as I'm right now, James Spader's really like the only interesting part about it. Okay. Uh, the rest of it's pretty ridiculous, uh, police procedural, but he is a world class criminal who basically, um, turns himself into the FBI so that he can wipe a bunch of people off this thing called the blacklist that he's created. And the blacklist is a list of people. He used to be like this highly decorated, um, naval officer, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just before he like, was ready to like graduate or whatever he dropped off the face of the earth to become a like an arms trader and um we're still unraveling some secrets as we go along but what i've gathered is uh his everyone thinks he's a criminal but he's really done it to track down the worst people in the world and put an end to their reign of terror right Hmm. and the blacklist is all these people who are the criminals that we don't know about they're the most dangerous people and so he's had to become a villain in order to get them. Yeah. Um, That's cool. And the most frustrating thing is, like, right away they telegraph that, uh, like, most of the show revolves around this uh, girl who's, like, a upstart FBI agent. Like, when he first comes in, he says, there's only one person I'm going to talk to. And it's, I forget her name right now, but she's the lead female agent of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it basically is telegraphed that Sydney he Bristow? is her daughter. Oh, or he is, no, that'd be awesome. Um, I'm gonna start not, pretending. He's it's her father. Yeah, it's Sidney Bristow. Is that the plot line it's of that? Jack, no, it's Jack no, Bristow. It's from Alias. Okay. Um. So yeah, so I'm like, I'm sitting there annoyed, being like, well, I know you're building up to this big reveal at the end of the season that you know he's gonna turn out to be her father, but it, like in the first episode, I'm like, yep, called it. Um, <laughs> and then I think the last episode, they finally like kind of un- pulled the veil off, like because uh. There's like this interaction between the guy who was raising her the whole time. He's dying of cancer, so Red has to visit him. 
uh, James Spader plays Raymond Red Reddington. Um, yeah. is, his, is Red his nickname or is Red his actual middle his, name? His nickname. Okay, Everyone good. calls him Red, yeah. Gotcha. So, But yeah, he makes a deal with the FBI. It's like, hey, you let me do what I want to do and I'll collect all these guys and I'll give you information and you can solve all these cases through me. I uh, just don't tie my hands. Um, so, it, But at the same time, he's like also making deals to like steal things from criminals for this other plan that we don't quite know yet. Um, and, and along the way, they're teasing this whole father-daughter relationship thing and she's so dumb she's totally clueless like there's all these obvious hints that obviously he's related to her but she can't figure it out um and she's busy with this mystery that we haven't solved yet where her husband might be a spy um and they had me going for a while but now they've found a way to make it seem like he's not a spy but i still have all that evidence that you know obviously red is doing like his inf- he's the smart guy, so his information must be right. So he must be the spy. Yeah. But they've deflected it enough right now that it's not a big deal. But I'm sure it's going to come back. There's 22 episodes, and I'm episode seven. So interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I don't think it's a great show. Yeah. But they've got me hooked. Cool. And right now he's trapped in a glass case with an agent who has like a shotgun blast to his leg. And he's doing all this like field medicine on him, and then the guy who's infiltrated the base is killing all of his friends. And cool. It just ended with a gunshot and black screen. I think that I think that James Spader would have played an amazing Jack Bristow. I'm really looking forward to you telling me about season two Alias. when uh, when they start searching for the Rambaldi artifacts. Okay, I and didn't watch Alias, so these references are lost on me. Jack Bristow gets radiation poisoning and peels the skin off of the palms of his hands. So that's it for tonight, right? We're done with the show. Nope. Oh, would uh, you watch James? Uh, well, uh. I'll go through a couple of things. There's one thing I want to make sure I talk about when Ryan is back in the room. Anyway, um, he's I not, watched. He's, uh, <laughs> he went he's, to a, bed. he's never coming back. Um, so uh, I finished up that first season of Black, a season of Black Sails, which I talked about last week, uh, which is the pirate show, um, and it's it's good. Um, it's not necessarily like my favorite show ever, but uh, I think it it not pays off well. This week, as you were last week. No, I was still. No, I'm still. I, I still. It, it is still a show about pirates, so it's still really cool. Um, it's too bad that it's a star show and has like as much, like there's just there's too much sex and nudity in it. Honestly, no, not. no there is because it's, no, it, no, there is. Not. You know, I want though, right? I want more fighting and like and pirates because when they do the when they do especially in the last episode or uh, last two episodes they do these big epic boat fights that are awesome. Yeah, it's they're, expensive. They're CG, but they're awesome. Um, oh, sorry. So what? In Blacklist, that's another worst part of the show. Like the CGI stuff, like things exploding, is terrible. Oh yeah, it's the worst compositing I've seen. See, yeah, no, th- I mean this th- this show has really like the CG is pretty great. Um, it's it doesn't look as good as say Master and Commander, um, but it still looks really great. My friends call that movie Boat Fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's one of the few movies that doesn't have a uh, female actress in it. Wow, oh. it's only men. Interesting. Didn't ah, interesting, huh? Man, what a sexist piece of shit! I'm not. I'm never gonna watch it. No, I'm just kidding. It makes total. So you know they have like all that uh, nudity and sex scenes in it to justify subscriptions, right? Yeah, I know, but I I I pay subscriptions to Netflix as well, and I watch really great shows. I'm not saying it's a good uh, business model. What you guys? 
are you guys talking about here? Really? I mean, I, what are we really talking about? Brian, I understand. No, like, I'm just kidding. I, you know, I, if they didn't I got no problem. It wouldn't be in there. That's what I'm I got, saying. I got no problem with some with some nudity in my shows. My point is, like, they they for me, I feel like I I watch them write whole subplots into the show in order to have more sex and nudity, mm-hmm. and that's the part where I'm like, Dude, I why don't you write a story I give a damn about? Like. It, it would it, you know what it ends up feeling? It ends up feeling like the show teeters on the edge of being like a soap, like a like a soap opera because there's so much like people are banging each other and then mad about who they're banging. And I'm mm. like, why don't y'all just go fucking fight as pirates? Like that part's cool. Go look for See, it needs to be like Spartacus where people are fucking and then they get their heads chopped off. And now stuff. that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if two people are fucking and then a cannonball comes through the boat and rips their head? Sweet. <laughs> I should write tel- television. <laughs> baby, you did got that a happen? New, baby, you got a new hole for me. Did that actually happen? No, it, did, like it didn't happen. happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. I just wanted to stare at you wide-eyed until you like freaked out. <laughs> I thought I was onto something. <laughs> um, no, so this Have week... the show where they fucking head was blown off by a cannonball? <laughs> Never thought that's, I'd see that's that. That's water cooler talk. Where oh, dick gets man. blown off by a cannonball. And my parents are listening to this under the back porch. Um, so, hey, neighbors. <laughs> uh, I watched a movie called Spring this week. Which, yes. Ryan, you've seen Spring. And yeah. when I was gone, you guys talked about it. I remember Ryan specifically saying, this is a horror movie like James would like. Because there's characters and shit. <laughs> Um, I don't think I said it that way, but pretty close. No, but no, I swore more. Um, so you hear that Carol I swore more. <laughs> uh, and it's true. I, I like this movie. I think, um, somebody, I think that the, uh, the pull quote on the box says something like that it's a, uh, that it's a horror movie disguising itself as a, as a love story. And I think that's the opposite. I think it's a love story disguising itself as a horror movie. I think you're right. Because the truth is, what, what this movie is, is if you ever watched Before Sunrise and you thought, this movie would be so much better if one of these two people was a crazy tentacle monster. Like, that's what this movie is. Because um, it's really just, uh, you know, Ryan sort of talked about it some, but I'll, I'll just repeat a little bit that guy goes to Italy, meets this girl, falls in love with her, turns out she's some kind of crazy weird monster thing. They have to figure that out. Um, and most of the movie is them walking through Italy or having dinner. Um, and then, but the, the twist is that like, she'll have these weird moments where like her armpit is covered in goo and smells weird and she freaks out and runs away. And you're like, what, what is happening? Um, and they, when they do reveal what, what's really going on, there are long sequences of her explaining what she is and where she comes from and why she is and and all of this like sort of pseudoscience of like you know she's just a thing that hasn't been discovered yet and like so nobody understands the science and like you know um it's it's really pretty fascinating and honestly where the story ends up going is real i mean i would straight up say i for me it's just a love story movie only one of them is a monster um it's like warm bodies, but not funny. It's like, like I'm trying to think of other comparable things. Like it's not, it's not comparable to a lot of things though, because it's, it's so unique. Yeah. And it's hard for me. Like I, I recommend it to you, James, cause I know you like those kind of movies, but it's hard for me to recommend it because yeah. I don't know who to recommend it to. It's, it's not scary. No. Like, I mean, there, there's some like creepy bits. Like when they're in the, when they're in the, um, in the church mm-hmm. later on and they're sitting and talking and she's sort of drawing attention to herself because she's telling these stories pretty loud and 
she turns to him and basically half her face has gone dark and her eyes are sunken in and ba- basically like the left side of her face is like this rotten skull and you're just like oh like that one is kind of disturbing um but like and i think when when he walks in and she's like fully transformed right when he walks into her house mm-hmm. that one's like it but it's not terrifying it's just like what is what is it like because they he they deliberately make the monster be so gross and like you just can't put your finger on it you have mm-hmm. no clue what it is that you, you never you don't walk away and you go and it never explains it in a way where you're like oh she's some kind of vampire she's some kind of werewolf thing like no she's none of those things she's a crazy weird tentacle monster alien thing that you've never she's seen a before kraken <laughs> yeah but not even always that like she's got weird spiny things and mm-hmm. sometimes her face looks like a wolf like i, I don't know um and i don't want to spoil I don't want to spoil why it's happening to her right now, <laughs> but I I own the movie because I, I it's a Draft House release and I was just I knew I was interested in it so I thought I'll just go ahead and buy the Blu-ray and I'll check this thing out. And I'm glad because I think there's something really interesting. I don't know that the movie does a great job delving into this idea, and maybe they didn't want to, but. I think that there might be something interesting to pull out of why she is changing and what maybe it's trying to say about that event in a person's life mm-hmm. um, and maybe what that does to relationships as well. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it. I, I'm really I, tempted I, to I have a conversation. You, you're going to do it. No, do I'm it. not. No, I'm not. I, I think there's a really interesting conversation to be had here. And I, I don't even know that I like what it might be saying, but it's just weird. Um, so people should check it out. Um, yeah, like, have you watched the Blu-ray? The making of is really good. Oh, no, I haven't watched, I haven't watched that good. part yet. It's like yet. six parts or something. Huh. Um, if there's a commentary, I might be really there interested is. to hear what uh, what the director and or, and or writer have to say, because they, they might give me a little bit of insight into whether or not they intentionally did something there. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway... Um, you and I will talk about it after we're done. Cool. Uh, and then the very last thing I want to talk about is I started watching a show called Halt and Catch Fire this week. Oh, yeah. Um, That's which, like in its third season. Uh, I think it's it's finishing its second on AMC right now. Uh, and I didn't even know it existed really, partially because I don't really watch TV. Like I don't see commercials for things. Um, but I saw like an ad at a theater, I think, and was like, oh, I should check that out just because I think that title is awesome. Uh, but no idea what it was or when it was set or anything like that. And, uh, I'm like, right now, I'm pretty obsessed with that show. Hmm. Uh, I'm like six episodes in, uh, and it's only an eight episode season. Basically, it tells the story of, um, a small group of really smart people in the 80s who are, they're working for a company that was building computers. I, I'm pretty sure it's all completely fictional, but it's based on the kinds of things that were happening in the 80s. Um, but it's this company that builds computers, but mostly like larger, industrial computers for businesses uh and this guy who's played by lee pace his name is joe uh he comes in he's a he's a salesman and he sort of cons the company into getting into the pc market um and he does it by stealing ibm information uh and getting them in trouble for it and and this is all basically in the first episode or so um and so he brings in gordon who uh, he and his wife are like brilliant electrical engineers who have like built 
really forward thinking computers before. And then he brings in this like real punky, uh, genius young woman named Cameron, um, basically to start writing their bios. And it's a, um, it's a drama with, man, it's hard to put my finger on necessarily because I don't think it's just being dramatic, but like there's, it, I wouldn't call it thriller elements, but like, um, intrigue. There's a lot of intrigue to it because there's, there's all this like corporate sort of espionage and them trying to figure out like, how do we make this company be successful? Um, and layered on top of this is the, these characters who are, they each have something a little bit twisted about them. Um, early on, you think it's just Joe. And then over time, like Joe actually, as, as much as he is messed up, you start to see the human side of him and you start to see the frailties of the other characters, which is kind of cool because Joe is, he's a really good salesman. Um, but he, because he's a really good salesman, you realize you can't actually trust anything he's saying. Um, he's, he's kind of like the Joker at times in dark Knight, where like he'll tell a story and you'll, you start to learn after an episode or two that every story he's telling is probably not true. And so it makes him a really hard character to get a grip of because it takes you, it, it takes a while for other characters to start understanding who he is. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is what Joe actually is. Um, but he's, he's still, even though he's kind of, he's somebody you kind of want to despise. You also find yourself really wanting to like him because he's really good at what he does. Uh, there's these really badass scenes where he goes into these rooms and is like, he's pitching this idea of basically building the first laptop. Um, and he's pitching it to these people without, while he knows that the engineers have no clue how to do it. Um, like there's no way to make a computer less than 15 pounds. And they all think he's an asshole for even telling people that he can do it. And he goes in and sells whole rooms on this idea and makes them all believe that it's going to happen. Um, and it's just really interesting. Um, I think the, the story, it also, there's a lot of stuff between Gordon and his wife, um, that I think is just really well told because she's, she's a woman in the early days of the computer industry. Well, I mean, both her and Cameron are, but they, they take sort of a different slant on it because, because Cameron is like trying to be a trailblazer. She's just like your like very proto feminism. Like she's just trying to blow shit up. Whereas Gordon's wife is, I mean, she's slowly getting relegated to becoming a secretary at the, at the office that she's in. Um, and that sucks for her because she's smarter than most of the people around her. Um, like there's this really interesting sort of push and pull between her and her boss. Cause her boss is just dumb. And he's not, intentionally trying to be an ass she's just smarter than he is um and it, i don't know i i really like it i think it's definitely worth checking out the first it's on like i said it's on amc the first season's on netflix um and it's only eight seasons or eight episodes so um i think you ought to check it it's um created by or, or executive produced by zach whedon um so that's pretty neat and the intro is also really cool i get it stuck in my head now so uh yeah it's one of the more fun shows that i have gotten addicted to lately so you should check it out it's a cool title yeah yeah they explain the title in the first like two seconds of the show and it's a really good explanation it's it's based on um the original code yeah it's based on the code for the pcs yeah it's like a warning thing or something well it was a thing it was a it was an actual command that would like it would turn off the safety protocols and cause the thing to overrun and burn out the pc and not be um, recoverable. So it was an actual thing you could like tell a computer to blow itself up. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Show's pretty good. Cool. Brett or Ryan, what have you been watching? Uh, I 
I watched a few things. Um, I'll, I'll start with the most odd thing I watched, which was SpongeBob SquarePants, a sponge out of water. What? Um, now, this is like the Smurfs where it's live action, but then there's giant CG SpongeBob in it, right? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I got this because I was at Target one day and they had a limited edition, uh, like, uh, just version of it. And I'm like, eh, whatever, I'll get it. It was $12.99 on Blu-ray. And, um, it actually starts off just like a normal SpongeBob episode. In fact, the CG only happens for the last 15 minutes of it. Oh, weird. And they, I mean, they really promoted that part of it. Um, but in, so in, m- most of the movie looks like the cartoon then. Yeah. Oh, but it looks actually really good because it's on Blu-ray and obviously they have more money. Um, and it's the thing with SpongeBob is the humor is really bizarre. Yes. Um, but I laugh at it anyways because it's so stupid. Yes. Um, and it, I mean, the, it's nothing new. Antonio Banderas plays a pirate in it. And so it opens with him, uh, at sea and he's running away and, um, these CG, uh, seagulls ask him to tell a story. So he's telling a story of SpongeBob. And so he goes under there and then the whole thing is Plankton is just trying to steal Krabby Patty's recipe again. And while they're there, the, recipe for Krabby Patties just disappears. It goes away. And it turns out that Antonio Banderas uh, stole it from him, and he wants to open up a food truck out of his pirate ship, and he's going to sell Krabby Patties. And so the whole plot of it is SpongeBob trying to get his uh, Mr. Krabs Krabby Patties recipe back. And it's really bizarre. In this, And so they have to go through time. SpongeBob and Plankton work together to go through time to get the the recipe and it's really funny because that movie came out i think in february roughly and they have a mad max sequence in it so there's a part where the crabby patty recipe goes away and there's no more crabby patties and no one knows how to make them and then it, it goes 10 minutes later and it cuts and it's like the Bikini Bottoms is desolate wasteland, and they're all, like, in leather, and they're all, like, running around. (laughs) It's happened in ten minutes, and it's so bizarre. And so Plankton and SpongeBob try to get the recipe back, so they're bouncing all over time. And they go 10,000 years in the future, where there's, like, this photorealistic dolphin that does nothing but watches planets. And he's like, oh, man, I really need to go to the bathroom. I haven't gone in, like, 10,000 years. Can you guys watch and make sure nothing happens? And SpongeBob's like, yeah, sure. And so he's looking and says, oh, wow. Saturn's getting really close to Jupiter, and then they collide, <laughs> and then the dolphin comes out, and he has, like, toilet paper stuck to his fin. He's like, you had one job! I just had to pee! And then they escape and go away, and the dolphin comes back because they need to get on land, and so he grants their wish to be able to breathe on land. <laughs> and It's this weird dolphin that looks like a South Park thing because it's, like, a photorealistic dolphin, and only its mouth moves, but it's like a really bad cutout mouth. It's so bizarre, but it's insanely funny. What the I, hell are you saying? Exactly. I'm telling you the plot of this Sounds movie. It's like an Aquatine thing. Yeah, I'm telling it's you the totally, plot of this movie. Oh, yeah. It's bizarre, but it's really funny. It it works. And Antonio Banderas has fun in it. He's only like the real uh, real actor in it. Um, and it just goes all over the place. And then there's – I laugh. It's a little bit in the trailer, but I laugh every time I see it. They say – Oh wow, there's cotton candy and SpongeBob and Patrick eat all this cotton candy and they're like, Well, we can run all over the world and so they go, Ah and they're just and all of a sudden like Paris and uh Milan and stuff all flash behind it's so bizarre, I couldn't even tell you how weird it is. But I laugh the whole time. And then as the the movie ends, the 
when you look at Antonio Banderas, he looks, oh, he, as you're thinking, he kind of looks like the pirate at the beginning of Little SpongeBob song. And that's who he is. He's, right. So it all comes back that he's the pirate stranded on an island singing about SpongeBob SquarePants. And that's what happens in SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm, I'm beside myself. It's fun. There was a part about a giant yeah, god, talking dolphin. godlike dolphin. Yep. And he's like, now you can breathe, SpongeBob. It's so weird. I couldn't tell you how weird it is, but I laughed. Because they didn't take itself seriously. And that's what's important with SpongeBob movies. Dolphins don't need toilet paper because they poop in the ocean. Not this one. He watches the planets to make sure they don't collide. And why they collided, I don't know. But then he, but the reason he gave him the ability to breathe on land is because he thanks SpongeBob because he has worked 10,000 years in a dead end job <laughs> that he got fired from because SpongeBob let the two planets collide. Someone fired the dolphin? Mm-hmm. I don't was know it who it is. Like a killer whale? Sure. Maybe it's the whale that was on the moon in South Park. Like a, I don't it was know. Like Chris Pratt as a dolphin handler? <laughs> That'd be sweet. Um, and so then the, la- the last things I watched, I watched three Tom Cruise movies this week. Yeah. Two of them I haven't seen. Actually, I thought I saw one of them. Uh, I thought I saw Taps before, which yeah. I haven't seen. Oh, well, um, I have, but now you have. No, I have. Um, and it's an interesting movie. Uh, it's weird how they marketed movies in the 80s. George C. Scott is the first name on the marquee, and he's in it for like 10 minutes. Does um, he play Patton? Uh, he plays a... Oh, the story is, is Tom Cruise, Timothy Hutton, and Sean Penn are... Um, leaders are like, they're the ranking officers at a military academy called Bunker Hill. So, um, Timothy Hutton's like the major general. Uh, Tom Cruise is in charge of like ROTC, um, another division, and Sean Penn's in charge of the mounted division. And this is how 80s this movie is, though. Um, so they're in this military school and it's all they have, but then they find out that some rich, uh, developer is going to turn it into luxury condos. <laughs> Yeah. We got to save our school, guys. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh. Um, no. But before then, George C. Scott, they're at like this dance, and this is how George C. Scott goes away in the movie. Uh, they're being hassled by the local, they call them townies. They're like, oh, look at these guys dressed like they're in the military. And then they start a fight, and then George C. Scott actually murder, accidentally murders a kid from the town. Oh, snap. So he's taken to um, jail, but he has a heart attack on the way, and he ends up dying. So that's the end of him because he died of a broken heart. I guess I don't know. Um, but Very f- convenient. But yeah, it's basically they don't want them to have their school, and it's Tom Cruise's second movie. I want to say it's Sean Penn's first. Uh, they're both uh, before Ridgemont. Yeah, it's eighty-one. So Tom Cruise is I think eighteen. Sean Penn's twenty, and Timothy Hutton is twenty. So they're all like really young, um, and, huh. and the movies. Okay, you have to, uh, like, it's really well acted. Uh, Timothy Hutton's amazing in it. Um, but there's a lot of corny bits in it um, that you kind of have to get past. Um, Tom Cruise, actually, I want to say, I'm gonna, I'll spoil the movie for you. In this Please show. do. Um, he kind of plays, like, the intense guy in it. And so when... Like, he's intense about taps? Like, I'm going to play the shit out of taps? Totally. Okay. Um, no, but he's, like, the gung-ho military guy, yeah. you know? So he's always, like, working out and polishing guns and things. Like, this is my favorite song ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, as the thing goes along, the government gets involved because the kids don't want the school takeover and they have guns and stuff. So, first, the government turns off their water, and then they turn off the electricity. So, then they try to start the... Uh, 
what are those fucking things called? Why can't I think of it? Right a now? generator. Generator, thank you. And one of the kids catches on fire. And wait, so, wait, wait. Yeah. This is not how generators work. Well, no, what? he's pouring gas in it, and then he uh, and then flips he the switch, into flame. and then the electric spark sparks him, and he catches on fire. And I giggled. I don't think I'm supposed did to laugh he, at that did, part. Did he also drench himself in gasoline? Well, because it was funny, because when I was watching the scene before he caught on fire, he's like pouring. I'm like, man, he's pouring that gas really poorly. Because like, it was like all, all the, it's like over the edge and stuff, and then he caught on fire, and I laughed. I don't think I'm supposed to laugh at that part, but... Um, because he's, he caught on fire, he's like, oh, oh, and you could tell, like, it was like a dude with, like, bandages. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, maybe nobody... he's the guy over the top who drank all that motor oil before he did his match. Yes. <laughs> Probably. Apparently in the, in the military, they don't teach you how to pour things. Yeah. And then they, so then the movie goes along and they have, like, young 10 year old boys there. And these two boys are the kind of the kids that you like in it because they're always, uh, don't fold the clothes right into me. The Hunt's like, hey, make sure you fold that stuff right. They're like the little prankster kids. Um, <laughs> These little prankster kids can't fold clothes. And so this one kid says, I don't want to die. And he gets up and he runs and he drops his gun and accidentally fires. And then and then his friend comes up and is like, no, don't run out there. And then his friend gets shot by the military on accident. Are we sure this isn't the cast of Stripes? Like, these are right? the worst military kids right? ever. And so... Timothy and after that sits down and says, "Oh man, we have to just give up." After that little boy died, and so they're all about to give up, but you know who they forgot to check on? Tom Cruise, and he's like, so he's going off the rails and he's like mowing, trying to mow people down from a window, and so the military finally is, is going to fire back. And Timothy Hutton runs all the way up there, and he says, Sean, don't do it. He's, I forget what he says, but it's something like, isn't this great? Isn't it great? And he keeps on shooting, and then the military shoots in, and Timothy Hutton dives to stop him, and then they both get shot. And they both die, and then at the end, Sean Penn is, like, carrying Timothy Hutton's body out, and it's all bloody. I'm like, what about Tom Cruise? I think he's still dead up there. <laughs> but I want to say it's the only movie I know of where Tom Cruise dies. Because, I mean, he dies, like, in oblivion, but he has clones of himself. Yeah, yeah, I don't count that. But, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't know if he dies in any other movies. I'm thinking really hard right now. I can't remember one. And I've watched 40 of them. Huh. Well, also, technically, Edge of Tomorrow. He dies a lot into Edge he of does. Tomorrow. Yeah, but, see, but same with oblivion, but would I really say that? So he doesn't have a die? death scene. Like, is he still alive... It's the only movie where he's not still alive at yeah, the end. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. He's not right? still alive. Because, because even though Tom Cruise dies in those movies, Tom Cruise is also alive at the end. Because Yeah, because even in Interview with a Vampire, they say he dies, but he actually comes back at the end. Right, yeah, yeah. Because so, he's interviewing the guy. Uh, well, Christian Slater's interviewing Brad Pitt. Um, but yeah. Oh, you're right. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah it's interesting. So I, I, I'm thinking really hard. I'll have to go back and... Oh, no, I lied. Valkyrie. He dies in Valkyrie. Oh, right. Yes. Good thinking. Good yeah. thinking. I think that's the only two movies I can think of. I'll, I'll, I'm going to keep my racking thing, my yeah. brain, yeah. Um, so I also watched, um, for the first time, Lions for Lambs, which is a movie that stars... He's not even a star in it. It stars Robert Redford and Meryl Streep and uh, Andrew Garfield's in it. Didn't know that. Cool. And Robert Redford plays a political science teacher at uh, USC. And he has Andrew Garfield come in to his, for counseling in his room. And he's basically there because Andrew Garfield's really smart, but he blows off his class and he still has an, a B or something in the class. And so Robert Redford says, you know what? Um, if you don't want to come to my class anymore, I'll give you a B. But if you want to come to my class and learn, 
you might get a C, but I promise you'll come out with like an A. I mean, really great scenes. I, I love Robert Redford. Yeah. Um, Tom Cruise plays an up and coming GOP senator, and he's being interviewed by Meryl Streep, who is a journalist who covered him when he was first elected. And he's basically, uh, Tom Cruise basically plays the after 9-11 senator guy, where he says, you know, we're going to send drones in, we're going to do this stuff, um, you know, we're going to hit them where they won't know it. Uh, it's basically propaganda. Mm-hmm. And the other story that they follow is these two army guys played by Michael Pena, and I forget the other guy's name, uh, but they're infiltrating Afghanistan through a mission that Tom Cruise's character like got behind and it's supposed to be easy. And of course they end up, you know, trapped behind enemy lines. So there's three stories going on at once and the movie's only like 87 minutes. It moves really fast. Um, especially for like a war drama where you expect most of them to be like three hours long. Um, and the movie is actually not bad. It's really well acted. Um, I think where it suffers is, I mean, this is coming from someone who's a Democrat is it's really kind of heavy handed at parts about war and stuff like that. You wouldn't say, <laughs> um, because there's a part where Meryl Streep is done interviewing Tom Cruise and it's really good. She comes back and she says, you know, he's giving me all this information off the record and I need to put it out there cause it's really good. And she, she's really good. But then it goes into this really weird, uh, place where, uh, it's like CNN that said, well, we're only, uh, going to report what's important, you know, entertainment news. And if he says something outlandish and so it kind of goes into weird things, but the acting's really good in it. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. It's one I'm thinking I'm going to watch again with Robert Redford's commentary. Yeah. Um, just cause I like Robert Redford. Um, cause he, he directed it and produced it. So, um, it looks nice. It's well acted. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. And basically the message is, is uh, what Robert Redford's character is trying to say is if you do nothing, is it worse than doing something? Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's a little heavy-handed, I guess I should say. Um, yeah. But it doesn't take away from the great acting in it. Yeah, um, it was one more. Like, I never saw it because I saw I watched the trailer and went, that's going to be heavy-handed. Yeah. But it know, was during that time when Hollywood was doing that a lot. Yeah, and the, thing, lot, lot. And the thing, too, is uh, I think it's actually Tom Cruise's lowest grossing movie. I think it made $12 million. I'm not even joking. Wow. And that's, it's interesting when you think about it, even when he was doing movies in the eighties and stuff. Yeah. Like um, more people saw, um, taps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think taps made like 40 mil, but, and, and, uh, so anyways, so if you want to see a political thriller, I guess, uh, it's not really one, but a political drama. There we go. Yeah. Um, and the last movie I watched this week is I rewatched Vanilla Sky. Yeah. Um, a movie I pre-ordered a year ago and it finally got here. <laughs> um, and I have a new appreciation for that film. Really? Yeah, it's um, because I love the duality of Tom Cruise in it um, and watching little character beats. This is why Tom Cruise is such a great actor. Um, so in the movie, he plays David Ames, who is a hotshot publisher. And he's so full of himself and he, he sleeps with Cameron Diaz and he doesn't want to say that they're dating. And he ends up meeting Penelope Cruz, who... Um, I forgot Jason Lee was in the movie. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, as his best friend. Yeah. And they have great chemistry together, those two. Um, but he brings Penelope Cruz to his birthday party, and he falls in love with her the first day. Um, and so he stays the night with her, but all they do is talk, and they have that great moment. And there's great music in it because it's Cameron Crowe. Yeah. And um, the dialogue is really snappy. And as he leaves Penelope Cruz's apartment, he uh, gets met 
uh, Cameron Diaz's character is stalking him and he says, are you following me? And she, and she's really good in this movie. And I, yeah, she is, I'm not a Cameron Diaz fan at all. Yeah. But they have that great scene where she's driving and she's telling him how she's breaking his heart and that she loves him. And, and Tom Cruise has this great moment. He's like, are you fucking with me? And it's scary because you realize what happens. And she ends up driving her car off this bridge at 80 miles an hour and she kills herself. And Tom Cruise is hideously scarred from it. And, you know, he used to get by on his good looks and everything. So he becomes a recluse until he goes out. He finally decides he's going to go out. And Penelope Cruz is there and she tries to coax him out of it. And he becomes a jerk at this party. He gets drunk. And um, she runs away from him and he tries to find her and he passes out in the street. The next morning he wakes up and she's there and she's really sweet to him. And the movie keeps on going and they fall in love and he's able to get reconstructive surgery where his face is all back to normal. And But then it slowly starts like getting de- weird, evolving into this weird like psycho erotic thriller where he's – I mean this is how, how great Tom Cruise is and I, I keep on saying this. So – it goes back and forth. Uh, Kurt Russell plays his psychiatrist because he's accused of killing Sophia, the girl that Penelope Cruz is. And he's like, I didn't kill this girl. What are you talking about? And his character is afraid of heights. And there's this part where Tom Cruise is sitting on the edge of a desk and he stands up on it and he kind of loses his balance. Like he, he's afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. And those little character moments, I'm like, that's why he's a great actor because he hits those beats. But anyways, the story default, uh, goes crazy and Cameron Diaz turns into Sophie, Sophia turns into Cameron Diaz and all the stuff he's seeing that was originally Penelope Cruz is Cameron Diaz. And he's like fucking her at one point and it's Penelope Cruz. And then it turns to Cameron Diaz and he's like, what the fuck is going on? And it's so brilliant. Yeah. And I freaking fell in love with this movie. Um, after watching it, I'm like, this movie is pretty awesome and it doesn't get the props that it deserves. And I think if you rewatch it and now that I think I'm a more mature movie goer and, understand it more yeah i freaking love vanilla sky yeah i haven't seen it in a long time i owned the dvd because i liked Mm -hmm. it so much um but it was one of those where like it it is so weird that it's even hard to like necessarily recommend Mm -hmm. like something about it struck me and i was like this is cool um and it was i mean that was before i even knew that i like i hadn't even seen almost famous at that point so i didn't know anything about cameron crow other than like jerry Maguire and that movie um I'm gonna have to watch it again. Should. And yeah. the the Blu-ray actually comes with a new commentary with Cameron Crowe, and it, you can watch the whole movie and the ending changes. Really, it it doesn't change the ending per se, yeah, but there's yeah. more character moments. Like Kurt Russell's character, he has a. I don't want to. I don't know if I should ruin the movie. But no, no, no. Yeah, leave it. Up. I'll, but, I'll. But there's I'll a part up. where Kurt Russell at the end is trying to figure out things, and he's so brilliant at it, and it just makes me wish Kurt Russell was in more movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would get the, I get the Blu-ray. I think you can get it for eight fifty on Amazon right now. Cool. Okay. And it, and it comes with the new documentary and a new commentary and a, an alternate ending. Yeah. So I guess waiting a year wasn't that bad. I mean, I guess I wasn't really clamoring I mean, it, for yeah, it. It's also Vanilla Sky. It's not like even even though it is an underrated movie, I think it's like it's a movie that is too often made fun of. Uh, it's also not like you know. Well, like I said, Casablanca. I loved it more because even when he gets really like creeped out that everybody's against him, that he's being set up. And then Jason Lee shows up and he's in like new, like nice clothes. And he's like, where'd you get the new jacket from? It's great. And he's, ah, oh, it's awesome. So yeah, I'd watch Vanilla Sky again. And he, he runs at the very beginning of it. Oh yeah. Through an empty Times Square. Uh, he's really good at running. Mm-hmm. And you know what's funny is I type Tom Cruise running on Google 
And was it like the Alessandro Daddario thing where like you typed in Tom Cruise and it automatically brought up running no, first? No, yeah, oh. actually, I had to actually type in R U N and then it brought it up. But there's Man. like so many like funny things with him running on the internet that it's great. Yeah. I'm not the only one who's noticed. Mm-hmm. He's really good at it. Cool. So, so I heard he dies in Far and Away. Does he? Doesn't know. That movie ends with. He comes back. Okay. <laughs> I thought that movie ends with the land rush. It does. And then he gets shot. And then his spirit leaves, and then it comes oh, back into you're him. right. Yeah, that's true. That's right. It's really corny and that weird. That movie's stupid. Does he die in The Last Samurai? Ye- no, he no. does not. He gets no, the shot. other guy dies, but then he goes and gives his sword to the Japanese king, emperor. Okay, I'm pretty sure he died in collateral, right? Yeah, he, he, does, die he does die in collateral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's his only villain role, really, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's so good in that. I mean, other than when he tries to kill Hitler. Wait, he's a villain for killing Hitler? <laughs> well, yeah, I thought I was going to sneak that one into what you said. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Uh, oh, he, yeah. he dies awesome in Collateral. Yeah, Collateral's a good one. Remember, he's on the subway and he gets shot and he like looks at him and he sits down. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That Tom. movie's awesome. There we go. All right. So he's died a few times. Not a big dyer. But he's not Sean, he's not like Sean Bean. <laughs> no. Sean Bean shows up. You know he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Hey, let's let's finally get to some news. <laughs> it's real news. Yeah, um, just a few things. Uh, Tom well, Cruise's birthday. Yeah, Tom Cruise's in birthday. honor of his birthday, James. I want you to put in his scene with Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire, where he's like, "You know why no one's shown you uh, the Quan? Because you're all about you play with your head, not with your heart." I love that fucking scene. Here's that okay, scene. I can do that. I'll tell you why you don't have your $10 million yet. Right now, you are a paycheck player. You play with your head, not your heart. In your personal life, heart. But when you get on the field, it's all about what you didn't get, who's to blame, who underthrew the pass, who's got the contract you don't, who's not giving you your love. You know what? That is not what inspires people. That is not what inspires people. Shut up. Play the game. Play it from your heart. And you know what? I will show you the quant. And that's the truth, man. That's the truth. Can you handle it? It's just a question between friends. You know? Oh, and when they call you shrimp, I'm the one who defends you. I want to be friends with me. Fine. And quit using that word, quant. That's my word. I'll see you in L.A. No heart. No heart? I'm all heart, motherfucker! Here's what I'm saying, okay? This is a renegotiation. We want more from them, so let's give them more. Let's show them your pure joy of the game. Let's bury the attitude a little bit and show them... Wait. You're telling me to dance. No. I'm saying to get back to the guy who first started playing this game. Remember? Way back when, when you were a kid, it wasn't just about the money, was it? Was it? Was it? Do your job. Don't you tell me to dance. Hey, hey, fuck! I am an athlete. I am not an entertainer. Fuck! These are the ABCs of me, baby. I do not dance, and I do not start preseason without a contract. Fine, fine. 
Jerry, talk to me. Breathe. Breathe, Jerry. I am out here for you. You don't know what it's like to be me out here for you. It is an up at dawn, pride swallowing siege that I will never fully tell you about, okay? Yeah, that's pretty good. It's, it's just a conversation between two friends. Can you handle it? You know? I love that, Mark. Oh, I love Jerry Maguire. <laughs> um, so uh, we're going to start with the biggest news of the week. Everybody's – I'm seeing people talking about it constantly everywhere. Alias is getting renewed for a new season. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even see this. Uh, well, I mean that – I mean, technically, the news is that like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner are getting divorced, but it you only have like it's not that oh, hard to read between the there. lines that Alias is coming back to TV. Like the like if they're not together, that means they can bring that show back. I know because you blame Ben Affleck for Alias. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's he got her pregnant. That show got canceled. Like now that they're broken up, we can get more Alias. I I don't see a problem here. They never seemed happy in their pictures. That's probably because they weren't. Uh, speaking of people who won't be happy, uh, Ryan, mm. you're going to probably not be happy. Why is that? Because uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is going to make a Pinocchio movie? No, it's all right. I like uh, Magnolia and Punch Trunk Love. That's true. Hopefully it'll be those. And it's Robert Downey Jr., so I'll see it. Yeah, as long as it's not like super druggy. If he makes a super druggy, like, what about like on the Donkey Island when all the kids are drinking beer? Like, imagine what Paul Thomas Anderson's going to do to that to make it fucking obnoxious. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man. I know. That was my first thought. It's like, uh, but on the good side, did you see that picture of uh, Bruce Campbell oh, yeah. as Ash? Of course I did. Yeah. Gave me a boner. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, those are the things. It gave me a necro boner. <laughs> it knocked your iPad right out of your hands. <laughs> but it's badass because he looks like Ash from Army of Darkness. Yeah, he totally does. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, I still, it's like you and, uh, Preacher, I cannot believe that's a fucking thing happening right now. Uh, Preacher's not a thing happening. It Preacher's is. not going to happen. I've seen nope. some photos. Nope. Nope. They're not real. That thing is never going to happen. But who it's thought there's going to be Ash versus Evil Dead 10... Yeah, as a TV series. 10 episode TV series. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. It's, it's, well, Sam crazy. Raimi's doing the first one, so the first one should be good. Yeah. Um, oh, dude, did you see... Did you read the, the letter that Steven Spielberg sent to The Rock? No. Oh, I forgot goodness. to say, uh, Steven Spielberg's in Vanilla Sky. He is? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. He walks by Tom Cruise. He's like, happy fucking birthday. Man. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, shoot. I'm glad you said Spielberg because I totally forgot he was in that. He's in it for like a brief second. It's awesome. 
And the uh, the article, the version of the article that I pulled up doesn't have the actual like. Oh, here. Oh, oh, let me. Let me it's my it. second favorite Steven Spielberg cameo. My first is Austin Powers in Goldmember. Yeah. Where he says, having said that, I have some thoughts. He's like, oh, yeah, really? Well, my friend Oscar here says it's fine how it is. Yep. <laughs> yes. I love Wait, it. so Spielberg drops an F-bomb in Vanilla Sky? I think so, yeah. Hmm. hmm. Interesting. Well, good for him. Um, yeah, so uh, The Rock tweeted out this week this like letter that Steven Spielberg sent him. Which I just think it's cool. I I would like to think that there are a lot more letters like this out there and that like Hollywood is, is like – uh no, I think it's typed. I don't know. It doesn't necessarily say he didn't mm, he didn't so show it's a not photo. Manning. Yeah. <laughs> uh but it just says like been enjoying your movies over the years. Very entertaining. I feel like I've really gotten to know you over the years, most recently after watching you host Saturday Night Live. Great job. You continue uh you continue to go for it. Proud of your work and look forward to meeting you. That's really Steven nice. Spielberg. <laughs> and the picture of the rock, he's like giddy as a schoolboy. He's just like <laughs> Which, of course, you would be. Like, ah, that's so cool. Man. Somebody might it get is, cast as Indiana Jones. It is typed. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> no, he should be the bad guy. That'd be awesome. He should totally be the... Well, no, he shouldn't, because the bad guy should be, like, a slender, slightly effeminate French guy. No. Like, Belloc. They've done that. You can't redo it. You're right. Uh, no, The Rock is awesome. I was reading the story on Instagram. He was... Fucking around with his iPod and his car, and he sideswiped somebody's parked car, <gasps> and he showed up at the dude's house, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, I'll pay for it." He's like, "No, you're the Rock. Take a picture next to it, and it'll be awesome." <laughs> and so he took a picture, and I guess the Rock sent him like a big care package and everything, and <laughs> like, so that he can go around everybody and be like, "See my car? Mm-hmm. The Rock hit it. Yeah, that's what the <laughs> Rock did to my car. That's actually not bad. I can I can totally understand that guy. Um, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> well, yeah, I still wanted to pay for it. Oh, I just wanted to buy me another car, and then I'd be like, "Can I keep the one that you hit? I'll park it out on my on, on my front lawn. The big sign on it. Be like, rock, I'm at the rock. There's pictures of the rock with him in front of the like broken car and everything. Oh, because the rock felt bad because he hit it, and he actually went to the dude's house and yeah. apologized to pay for it. Yeah, oh, that you just totally flip out on it, and they're like, "Give me the rock. rock. What the fuck did you do? Yeah, wait, you are." <laughs> Well, like or, you don't know him. or you really take advantage of it and be like, okay, not only do I want a picture of you, I want to like be on your back, like like I'm choking you, <laughs> and then get a really professional photo so that it looks like I'm beating you up, like that. Like you really go all out for it, like not just like a buddy like selfie together, like really get a, <laughs> a hard hard to get photo. Um, last thing I've got is, uh, and I have to thank my folks for this because I didn't even hear about this until they mentioned it to me. Um, is that uh, Netflix is trying or is in negotiations right now with the hosts of Top Gear to basically steal them away from Top Gear because obviously, uh, Jeremy Clarkson got fired. Um, and then one of the, so right now Netflix is trying to steal Jeremy Clarkson, James May, and, um, uh, you know, the other guy. Uh, and one of their showrunners, like the original showrunner of Top Gear, to come make a show for Netflix, which I think sounds awesome. Cool. Um, cause. Hopefully that's them buying piece of shit cars and trying to race them. Right. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> all I want. I, yeah. Uh, I want them to do, like, stupid shit and, like, and be funny and be in England. Um, cause yeah, the whole thing, I, I don't know that I want to watch Top Gear without Jeremy Clarkson. So uh-huh. if I can't have that, then you might as well just cancel the show and, like, go do something cool. Um, so I think that's exciting. So, um, anyway, I think that's everything. Did I forget anything? I Bob Gale said that there would be a Back to the Future remake over his dead body, but I only read the headline. Good. It should nope, be you. you have to kill him. 
Yeah, here we go. Here comes the mission to kill Bob Gale. But if you do, I'll just go back in time and make you not. Oh. That's news. Cool. Um, I forgot to read a comic this week. Um, <laughs> so I'll just tell everybody to go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics to pick up all your comic needs. Um, especially get Secret War because I guess something big happens. I haven't read issue four that came out this week, but I heard it changes the Marvel Universe. What's up with his glowing chest now? Spider-Man? Actually, it's kind of cool. I guess I can just talk about the cool Spider-Man news. Of course, it's kind of cool. Um, so they have Miles Morales is going to be Spider-Man. And he's Miles gonna, Morales already is Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be Spider-Man in proper Marvel Universe. So he's going to be fighting in New York. Peter Parker is going to be like a James Bond Spider-Man where he's going to go all over the world and fight villains. Hmm. So he's like a high-tech Spider-Man. Okay. So I'm like, all right, cool. cool. With he's a like, green glowing chest now. Yeah. He's like Super Spider-Man. He's like Super Spider-Man. Because he, in the comics, he owns Parker Industries, which is a huge research company. and he, Oscorp. Basically Oscorp. Um, but he supplies Spider-Man with, well, supplies himself with really sweet costumes. So he has ones that's like camouflage, ones that are bulletproof. And okay. So now he has a new one where he's going all over the world and he's going to be Spider-Man of London and Shanghai. The only thing I, when I read that, it says, but if they know Peter Parker's there and Spider-Man shows up and it's Parker Industries, um, I'm pretty sure they know that Spider-Man and Peter Parker are one and the same. But hey, whatever. If they can tell a fun story, that's all I care about. Superman takes his glasses off. Um, and then well, cur- the- Curly Q's his hair and no one can recognize well, him. There's, well, the new one, he's been outed by Lois Lane. Written by John Romita Jr. Oh, he did, lost a bunch he, of his powers. You mean he's gay now? No, he's just a really strong guy. Yeah. Oh. And so she put, she's like, you lied to me, you bastard. And she put it out in the Daily Planet. Should make out with Wonder Woman. Hmm, yeah. I mean, I don't that's know. That's true. That's true. I mean, who's hotter, Lois Lane or Wonder Woman? I mean, that's the question we need to be asking right now. Is it? Amy Adams or Gal Gadot? Can I just say, I don't give a shit. <laughs> um, but I will say this too. Andrew will be making his long-awaited appearance when we go see Ant-Man in two weeks. Oh. In fact, I instant messaged him on Facebook, and he wanted me to remind him to watch DC movies so he can tell us how shitty they are. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's specifically mentioned, he said, yeah, i got to watch Man of Steel so I can remember how shitty it is. <laughs> so, um, Hey, and, that's one of the best ones. Andrew will be on for Ant-Man, and I'm excited for Ant-Man. Have you heard the buzz about Ant-Man? I, I have. They I, said it's pretty awesome. Um, uh, James Gunn said that it's his favorite Marvel movie since Iron Man. Should be fun. So... So now it can't live up two, to the hype. Two post-credit scene guys, two right. post-credit scenes, and one I guess changes the Marvel movie universe. To, I don't know, because it's Spider-Man. No, well maybe Spider-Man's already filming a good old Civil War. Yep. Cool. Cool. Ah, uh, this week we went and saw Terminator. Genesis. Brad, should people go see Terminator Genesis? I'm sorry, there's like nothing for me to recommend that you go see. It's it's so dull, so no. James, should people go see Terminator really? Genesis? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I my parents are going tomorrow night. I think it's really fun. Um I think it I think it is the best Terminator since two. Yeah. I agree with James. I had lots of fun watching this movie. Yeah. Because I know how it happens and then they turn it a little bit i will say that the marketing department really screwed the pooch on it though yes um because i think the john connor thing would have been a lot more awesome if you didn't know and i do want to say that like it's 
it's not the best. There are some things I wish were better, and it's yeah. got some corny lines, yeah. but I, I don't think it's bad. I still had fun. Yeah. And that's the most important part. Here's a trailer for Terminator Genesis. I look at each of you, and I see the marks of this long and terrible war. If we die tonight, mankind dies with us. The machine sent a Terminator back to the time before the war to kill my mother, Sarah Connor. Sir. Let me say that. What you're doing right now, this is the end of the war. Time you're going back to her, she was scared and weak. Take care of her for me, Kyle. John sent me here to save you. From the Terminator that was sent back to kill me, I know, but we already took care of him. We have been waiting for you. The time John sent you to, it no longer exists. Everything's changed. We can stop Judgment Day from happening. Run! Where is he? I'll be back. What? So what, I I really wish that they hadn't told me, and I it's know. too bad because I think I don't know that I would have been excited for the movie otherwise. But at the same time, like I don't know that you could sell the movie to people as easily without that spoiler. But it was less fun watching the first twenty minutes of the movie, going like, "Yeah, but he's gonna like like this thing's gonna happen." And he's but gonna I actually thought the it. first like. 20, 30 minutes movie was really fun. Oh, yeah. Where, that, the, when he fights the, the T-800 the first time, A, mm-hmm. which looks awesome. The mm-hmm. CG there is really good. I mean, you can tell it's CG, but it looks fucking good. And then that fight... More so when only when they fight, but like when he's standing there and he's like coming, he's like, nice night for a walk. I'm like, holy shit. Oh, oh yeah. That Jeff Bridges Tron CGI out of the water. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's probably they, the best facial CGI reconstruction I've ever seen. I just read a whole interview with this, the guys from... Uh, Weta, who did it, and they said they poured over more pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger than they think anyone ever has. Oh, I'm sure. And they took all his publicity stills from all his movies up to like 92. Yeah. And then they just made sure that they got his little nuances right in the face. Yeah. And yeah. It's, but that, that scene where like that Terminator is chasing Kyle Reese and is like fighting him through that section and mm-hmm. like Kyle's trying to get to the gun and all that, I think it's one of the best 
Terminator scenes I've seen in one of those movies in, or in those last three movies just because it is so – it's simple. Like it's not over the top or crazy and it feels – Unstoppable, and it feels like moment. a Terminator scene. And I too love the beginning where they're infiltrating Skynet, and those like Terminator exoskeletons are just out there, and they're firing guns. And, oh yeah, like yeah. I just I love that part. And what I like, see, this is I, where I the, forgot about that. Yeah, this is where I think they screwed the pooch on the John Connor stuff because as you're watching it as a Terminator fan, you're actually seeing him go back, and you see like this is the Wait. big weapon. Like, oh, this is so badass. It's the thing that we never really got to, got to see because even in Terminator Salvation, like there are little, there are some bits of him mm-hmm. fighting it, you know, but it's really more about, uh, Sam Worthington fighting yeah. Terminators, you know, which and they, I, they also unwrite that movie. That do, movie but, doesn't exist in this. Well, series. They, it does. Well, what about his face? His face is the scar from it. Yeah, but his face is scarred in the original yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. But I know, but they, cause they, they have, they changed the way that Kyle Reese meets John Connor. Yeah. So that that means that they're unwriting Terminator Salvation. Yeah, but the first one. three happened because yeah, the first three do. Yeah, but what's really cool about the movie is if you're if you like Terminators like I do, is they turn it just a little bit. And the thing with you know time traveling anyways is stupid anyways. So you can right. just you know that's what I always anytime I watch a time traveling movie and they go to a specific time and I said well why don't they just go back a little farther? Oh yeah. Well, I think what's interesting here is that. Uh, or, or what made this feel a little bit fresher for me um, was that unlike a Jurassic World, this does actually mix things up quite a bit and makes the, the – the series has always leaned on time travel a lot. Like it's always been a critical part of the story, but it's not like a – it's not a tool. It's an it's the ignition. It's like, oh, we send back a – they sent back a robot and then it doesn't happen again, right, unless you need another movie. Whereas in this case, like they actually are – jumping around in time to some degree and the time machine is an actual element in the plot um which i thought was kind of cool um what's what's interesting too is a lot of people were just reading reviews and like well why would they call the terminator pops obviously they don't remember the second terminator where john connor actually developed a relationship with the terminator because who cares? Because this one was friends with a nine-year-old, and nine-year-olds name shit. Like and when the, I was nine years old, if I caught a snake in the backyard, I named it Snakey. Like, but the thing uh, is, this is, is what kids do. This is Arnold's great in this movie, mm-hmm. and what's great too is uh, how he's able to subtly show that he actually loves Sarah Connor. Oh yeah, which I think is really cool. And uh, there's just like fun scenes throughout the movie. Um, if I don't love Jay Courtney. No, that's why I was just going to bring that up. And I don't know if it's his fault. No, I, I think I don't like Kyle Reese. Yeah. But see, I like Michael. He's like a sad puppy. <laughs> yeah, but I like Michael. <laughs> he's like, I just want to be around Sarah. Well, and, and, and he's not doing anything. He's supposed to be important. cool, right? Like he's sent back from the future and to save people. he's not as assertive as Michael Ben. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's. We can't be because, um, you know, he's sent back in time to save this woman who, A, doesn't need his help, and he can't help her because he doesn't know as much as she does. Mm-hmm. So he's sent back in time to be the lost puppy. You're yeah. exactly right. It's just like you you almost have to feel bad for him. Um, but the in the end, all it does is make Sarah Connor even more badass, and she's pretty good. Yeah, I like I her. I don't have a problem with her. Yeah. Man. Brad, um, what did you not like about it? <laughs> Uh, I actually liked. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger was the best part of the movie. Yeah. So no, he was. Bad. No, he was. No, he was really good. It, it, yeah. It's like he, him playing the Terminator he is what he's supposed to. Three be. different Terminators. He plays. Yeah, the original, the old one, then the older, older one, then the really old one. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I think he's great. In um, it. 
Yeah. Um, is nice night for a walk, eh? <laughs> um, nothing clean. Right? I mean, I fell asleep at a part of it. It was so like there was so much of the movie just trying to explain what it was trying to be that I was just like, okay, enough, move on to do something. And then like that helicopter chase, which is like helicopters as fighter jets. Yeah, so it's, it's like a comical you know, CGI that's the only kids thing I cartoon. Get. Why did he break the helicopter if it didn't accomplish anything? Because right. John Connor got there before him anyway. That's yeah. that's my biggest gripe here is that I think the best action scene is at the beginning, and yeah. that the, the that the it whole builds. Future War is fantastic. Yeah, it builds to and actually it doesn't point, build to a big climactic action battle that feels well thought out. Oh no, I like the. I mean, I like the fight between John Connor and the. Terminator at the in, end. Yeah. I thought it was pretty sweet. In, you mean in the time machine? In room? the time machine. Yeah, but I mean everything sort of building up to that is not like like the bus sequence. I was like, okay, this is cool, but honestly, I was at the Alamo and the uh the only thing cool about the bus sequence is that when it flips it actually looks good. When it rolls it looks like garbage. Well, and then Kyle but, Reese isn't strapped in and when it, it's finally done rolling, he just like gets up and dusts himself off. Yeah. But it's it's I love the fact that that when the the terminator comes around to the bottom, it just starts walking up the bus like the gravity yeah. isn't a problem for him. I like that. But the um the, the problem for me was that I was at the Alamo so they had brought my check like 10 minutes before that. So like that bus scene starts and I'm like is this your act? Is this the end? Like, is this your big climactic battle? Because are you serious? Like, this is not enough. Um, yeah, I think I, I fell asleep between when they're getting ready to leave the lair, and I think s- someone infiltrated the lair, and then it. I reemerged when the bus was driving, and the motorcycle like jumped on the on the bus. Yeah, I think there's a bit too much John Connor trying to explain what he is and why. Um, because I, I think you could easily explain, like, all they needed to say was, they made me into a nanotech terminator, and I am sent back here to make sure that that happens. Yeah. Like, that's all you needed to say. I feel like they, they're they trying to build up this whole, like, him and Kyle Reese thing and, like, pull out the emotion there. I wish this I don't movie know if had just J- been, like, based around the old Terminator and Sarah Connor. Like, I wish that relationship wasn't just... Played for jokes. I wish it was just more about like that relationship. Oh, for me, it wasn't played for jokes. That is what I care about in this movie. And that's what I was going to say. I don't know if it's Jay Courtney's fault or just the fact that Kyle Reese isn't a very good character here, but that relationship between Kyle Reese and, and, um, oh, and JK John Connor, I just don't care about. And so those long winded scenes, I'm just like, eh. Yeah. And then JK Simmons was like a fun character that, yes, he just disappears at the end of the movie. I mean, no, he, he gets he's, shot he's in the okay, arm. but like, he just chases them up to the helicopters, and then it's like he's just a yeah. vessel for the audience. Like he doesn't do anything except like. Well, he, no, he's really so. Put, he's the most genuine um, comic relief in the movie. Right. Because the other quote comic relief is just really bad one. I wish he had more tied to the plot. Like he wasn't just like a guy running around just discovering things. You know. Eh, I don't. Know. I don't know that I needed that. I I think that he was he was a fun thing to throw in there. Like he was a really creative. Um, piece of brevity i don't think that he like i didn't need him to to actually be in in a movie where there's so much plot and it's already really convoluted in a storyline for the whole series that is already stupid convoluted and not very good um i i didn't need it to be like i didn't need more Hmm. i I need i needed less plot oh for sure you know but I think Jason Clark was really good as John Connor. I thought the be- yeah. uh, see at the beginning I thought he was you know kind of mysterious and didn't let on, and I thought he was pretty menacing. Um, 
can I say I don't? I think his makeup was bad. Did that like the I scar? Yeah, I always felt like I I looked at his scar and was like, that looks like someone glued a scar on your face. Like I don't I didn't know. Even notice. There was just something about him. I he just he didn't work it was for probably me. Probably CGI the whole time because no, no, at it, one point in the movie it just disappears. I know. No, that, it, I know he gets gets rid of it just because, but yeah, he's a robot or a nanobot no. or whatever, but. To me, it was clearly not CG. I forget what review I read, but like the movie was so bored with itself that even like the John Connor robot got rid of like the continuity by taking his scar off. Like, no, no, it, it he, couldn't be bothered to maintain the. That's a fucking stupid criticism. I know because just, that's it, not what that's it, not it why true. that happens in the movie. Yeah, what was um, up with that post credit scene? Uh, that is them introducing some other crit. Like that's them saying like, "Hey, we're gonna make more of these," but it makes <laughs> no sense. Well, no, yeah, it's pointless. no, it's Skynet. Because remember. We don't know what it is. No, it is. It should be. It Matt should be Matt Smith. Matt Smith's character keeps on evolving throughout it, and that's him at the end. Right, but Matt Smith isn't Skynet. Yes, it is. No, Matt Smith is a like a a test of Skynet that goes crazy. Matt Smith is not. Matt Smith is a weird evolution of Skynet that goes crazy and then goes and does like uh, like Skynet is dying, and then this other. He's a rogue. He's Skynet. a new like yeah. He's like rogue Skynet. He's worse than Skynet. Like that's what they're trying to say. I didn't get that. Okay, but I'll believe you. That's what there's. A, there's one little line in there where it says like Skynet was like toying around with these like weird evolved Terminators, but they all went crazy and most of them killed themselves. And then I think that's when Kyle Reese has the thing about like I think I saw it. Like I think he grabbed you know like I think it's in that mm-hmm. scene. Oh, okay. I, I have know. to I have to watch it again and listen to it more closely. I guess. Yeah. Well, it's the one that grabs John Connor. Well, yeah, I know that. Yeah, Matt Smith. Yeah. But he's also at the end where they're shooting the cameras. Yeah, As he gets older, he becomes he shows Smith. up at the end. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gen- Genesis also turns into Matt, which which is why I was like, uh, I, I told Dan after we saw it, I said like it's. I was laughing at one point because at the end they he Kyle Reese says something about like oh you know, Skynet is dead. Spoilers at this point, but duh. Uh, Kyle Reese says something about like Skynet is dead, and I thought you guys say that in every movie, and what's funny is every time you say it. The Skynet you killed like isn't ever the real Skynet. Like in T two they kill Skynet, but you but know it's who, like you know it's who like got rid of Skynet? Accelerated Skynet, Colorado Division baby. Woo. Woo. Oh oh right yeah right <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but yeah anyway it's just um, you know I always you know, Laura wanted to see it and it's always weird but she really liked it and that's good. that's interesting because she doesn't like movies like that. And I said, well, because you do, I think you have to know a lot about Terminator to watch this movie because there's a lot of intricacies to this, this series. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'll see, it'll be interesting to see what, like, what my folks say after they see it. Cause I, I warned my mom cause she, she, she doesn't love time travel stuff. Like she'll, it doesn't bother her as long as she doesn't think about it. But if she starts thinking about it, she's like, this is insane. So she's right? like everybody else. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I'll be really interested to see what she says. Um, cause she's like that. She's not so into Terminator that she, yeah. I mean, she's seen T2 plenty of times. She's seen them all plenty of times, but I don't know that she's yeah, like. Yeah. So when my wife likes it, then I have, then I'm like, oh, this movie must be, you know, pretty good then. Because if my wife likes a sci-fi movie, then. The, the th- interesting thing that Dan, at least, uh, came out of it feeling was that like he felt there were too many nods to the original um and i can see that like mm-hmm. i i personally didn't care i guess i was expecting that yeah probably because the trailer set me up for it yeah i know too i think too if they would have kept out that part where 
the old Terminator meets the young Terminator would have been really sweet too because that reveal of him taking the hood off and saying, I've been waiting for you yeah. is really fucking awesome. Yeah, and if you didn't know that was going to happen, like, yeah. it's ha- for that to happen five minutes in or ten minutes into that movie, you'd be like, what the shit is but going on? But then I don't on? know how you would market the movie any other way. Exactly, yeah. But I guess you just have to have Arnold and be Terminators and blow shit up. Yeah, I, I feel like you ought to be able to sell, like, hey, here's a bunch of action scenes with Arnold as a Terminator fighting like these other Terminators. Cause I guess the first trailer kind of did that because they didn't reveal the John Connor thing and, and throw in, um, like you can pull in stuff like, you know, her swinging the door open and saying, come with me if you want to live yeah. and just us not understanding that that's, that it's Kyle Reese. She's saying it to, and the, mm-hmm. like the time, time travel stuff is all screwed up. Um, I feel like you could have, yeah. You, if you tried harder, you could have marketed this movie well without spoiling everything about it. Yeah, even the director said they ruined it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I had fun. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, has a much better score than Jurassic World. Well, I actually uses that original score well. I I'd still like, love just, the Terminator March that oh, did so dun, good. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Every time I but hear they, it, I get pumped. My point is they use it well. Like yeah. he even like every now and then there's just an emotional scene and he, he pulls in like the, 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 that, the melancholy version of that score just a little bit in the background. Mm-hmm. It's really good. He just uses it at the right time. Now it's maybe time for you to mate with Kyle Reese. <laughs> I love Schwarzenegger. Oh man. Um, yeah. And she shouldn't have kissed him at the end. Cause she says, now she has a choice and then she doesn't have a choice because she immediately falls in love with the guy that she's fated to fall in love with. So what she, what the, the scene would have been better is if she leaned in to start to kiss him and then she stopped and he's like, well, but you're going to choose me, right? And she's like, well, maybe. And then they both get in the truck and, and drive away and it would have just been well, a little bit of levity. Uh, Warner Brothers, call, uh, call James when uh, you write yeah. the next Terminator. Like seriously. Come you on. write Terminator Dreamcast. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's Genesis. how I was going to name this episode. Really? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> oh, you're still going to name it that. Yep. Oh, Sweet. That's pretty good. That's uh, next pretty week, good. I don't know what we're seeing. The Minions comes out. Got, uh, then. So you guys can, we can pick something um, else, which is nothing. The Gallows, I think, is the other one. All right. Hold on. Hold on. No, we have to solve this problem because I can't. Yeah, that's not going to work for me. Uh, uh, oh, oh, we could do no that's next week damn it let's say the shocking dark terminator 2 <laughs> oh that's after. true yeah uh, <laughs> something from open screen night are we doing another film explosion is what you're saying selfless mm. oh yeah selfless is coming out as well do too. i sound gay oh man oh man well, good news, guys. I'll have to see the minions are, are, anyway. Are so we, if you want me just to be on the show by myself next week, I understand. Yeah, you might are, do a solo episode. Are we gonna <laughs> see the minions? No, no, you can't. I'm not gonna let you do it. So I, I will fall on the sword and see the minions movie before I let you do a uh, show by yourself, um, or make you do a show. Why? By you yourself. think I can't? What the fuck? No, James? it's not that. It's just like I'm. I'm willing to sacrifice my own like well being. <laughs> um, well, we can do a film explosion or something. I don't care. What have we missed anything? Is there anything good that we missed? Like Magic Mike XXL, which I don't want to see, even though I like the original. Mm, nope. We've literally seen. We've seen other than that. We've seen everything at the Alamo Draft House right now. Yep, our Pitch Perfect too, guys. We, I would. Are uh, back. I would. I would see Pitch Perfect. You did an episode too. on that, right? Nope. Um. Anyway, I guess we're gonna have to figure this shit out. 
All right. My wife is excited for the Minions movie. Well, your wife is wrong. And I would tell it to her face if she was here. Oh, hi, Laura. She also liked Terminator, though. Remember, I told you that. Yeah, that's pretty badass. Yeah. But that's because it has, like, characters and strong female leads. And, and also had naked men, but that she really liked. Yeah. And until next week, I'll tweet out what we're going to see. Yeah, we'll so, do something. Bye. Bye. not seeing a fucking Minions movie. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6-NERDS-5. And download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz-smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production. I had a problem with Audacity, so it froze. Which means that I just lost the audio proof of you trying to teach your son to say fuck. Oh, man. I know. I do not like that. I'm very disappointed. Hey, stop hitting me, kid.